Welcome to the Business and Personal Development Podcast with Chris Haroon, where you'll find tips on how to take your career to the next level. Good morning and welcome to our 162nd weekly webcast. Now, if this is the first time you're joining us, welcome. If you've been with us before, welcome back. And so the way this call works is this is an AMA. You, you can ask me anything. Uh, you, you can ask me business questions. You can ask me career questions, etc. And what you just saw there at the beginning of today's webcast uh, was a promotion uh, for a, an upcoming webcast I have. And it's going to be on the November 24th at 11 a.m. Pacific time. And if you want to register for the events and learn what it's like to be in the MBA program, I'll show you the link in a second. But I'm going to be teaching you how to get a job from scratch. It's going to be all brand new stuff as well. And I hope you can join us. And if you want to join us, what you can do is you can actually go to, if you see in the bottom right-hand corner there, there's that... Um, uh, there's the web address there. So to register, you go to early access. So you go to haroonventures.com, okay, slash early access. Here we go. Yeah, and so all you do is you, you click right here and you click on reserve your spot. And you can sign up for the event as well. Again, it's going to be on uh, November 24th at 11 a.m. Uh, Pacific time. And I'd love to see you all join as well. Again, I'm going to be teaching brand new stuff that's going to cover how to get a job from scratch, stuff I've never taught before. And you'll also get a nice taste of what it's like to be in the MBA program. So please click here. And also, there's a bunch of bonuses too. Uh, I'm going to be giving away uh, one scholarship to gold. That's my gold MBA program. One scholarship for platinum, my platinum MBA program, and also a one-on-one -on -one call with, with, with me um, so I can get to know you better and humbly help in any way I possibly can with your career. Um, and if you want to learn more about the program, just go to this web address here, okay? And then just scroll down. There's a lot more details uh, on the program as well. Um, so if anybody has questions about, about the MBA program, let, let me know. Uh, again, you can go to this link right here to sign up for the, uh, the open house. Uh, we're making people sign up this year. We're going to make it smaller. Um, love to have you join us. Um, and you can ask tons of questions as well. And I'll open up Zoom and I'll do one of my marathon sessions where I go 12 hours straight and answer questions, etc. All right. Let me get to the more important stuff, which is my students' questions. So good morning. All right. So first up, I've got uh, James, who actually posted this uh, yesterday. Um, he wrote, uh, what programming languages and databases would you recommend learning? Can you talk about the future of finance uh, regarding programming? Yeah. So I, I would say if you're brand new to programming, the best thing to do is to do a search on this incredible woman named uh, Angela Yu. And I met her in Berlin a, a couple of years ago, and she's probably the best teacher on the planet when it comes to programming. So just do a search for Angela Yu, Udemy. And she teaches everything from scratch, okay? Um, I'd probably start with Python, but if you don't have any background at all, what you can do is start with her program, her courses. Angela, you, give me a second here. Start with her courses here. And um, she teaches everything from scratch. And her courses are complete. And dude, I will never get a rating like that. Like, don't take my business courses. Just take her courses. They're awesome. Uh, but she teaches you everything from scratch, even if you have absolutely no background at all uh, when it comes to, to programming. 
So I would start with the complete 2022 Web Development Bootcamp, so you can learn about internet programming from a high-level perspective, uh, as well as JavaScript, HTML, etc. Uh, and then what I would do is, based on what you're passionate about, um, I would take her other courses. So if you're passionate about development of mobile games, for example, for handsets, uh, then take one of her courses that teaches you how to make iOS uh, apps. Um, she's got a bunch of other courses as well. Just check out all of hers as well. Now, I would also do a search for Python. Okay? Python's a great language to learn. Uh, if you work on Wall Street um, in the tech department uh, at, at a lot of investment banks, uh, knowing this will make you very successful. It'll also help you from a fintech perspective as, as well. Oh, she teaches Python too. Okay, great. Just take advantage of those courses. There you go. I got you covered. Okay. All right. Now, uh, ne next up, um, Ed wrote, I also want to learn more about programming. Awesome. Please check out uh, Angela's courses. Yeah. And I, I don't get any brownie points or anything mentioning this stuff on, on Udemy. Uh, Udemy is an algorithm. If my courses suck, many of them do, they won't sell. Yeah. But she's great. Yeah. And she actually used to be a, a doctor um, in, in the United Kingdom. And she discovered she's more passionate about, about helping people and teaching as well. Uh, so that's why she changed to teach, teaching online, which is great. All right, um, ne next up I've got uh, Mohammed, uh, who says, hello, Chris. Um, I'm um, Rafikan Darwizi uh, from Malaysia. <coughs> Ple pleasure to meet you. Uh, at, at this time, I, I posted uh, my question because I can't join the webcast because the time zone is a little bit different. And sorry, my English, uh, because I need to improve it. It looks great to me, but yeah. And by the way, for my MBA program, uh, what I do when I teach it live, is, which starts on January 10th, and you can learn more at this link here. I teach in two different time zones. So time zone one is every Mondays and Tuesdays starting on January 10th, every Monday and Tuesday starting at 9 a.m. And time zone two is also every Monday and Tuesday starting at 4 p.m. So I've got you covered. And I also provide one-on-one -on -one, uh, meetings uh, for my platinum students every Monday, Tuesday, and Thursdays starting on January 10th, right right here, yeah. Okay, uh, next up, uh, Mohammed wrote, recently I was able to join uh, one of your MBA programs as a gold M MBA program. Uh, I've been watching your webcasts, uh, welcome. I've been watching your webcast since I saw your ad on June, in June of 2019, thanks to your 100 webcasts uh, uh, to date. Thank you very much, I appreciate that. And I'm looking forward to working with you as well. Um, and, and if you if you signed up, I think you also get those three additional one-on-ones as part of the, the gold program. We had, we had a promotion that, that ended recently. So I'm looking forward to getting to know you as well. Thank you. Okay. Um, and then you wrote, in 2019 at that time, <clears throat> pardon me, I said to myself, one day I'm going to join your class. Uh, finally, with some saving and a little bit of struggle, now I can take your online classes. Excellent. Thank you so much. Thank you. And you get a money-back guarantee as well. So if you buy any time between today uh, and January 10th, and there are uh, positions are limited, you get your money back up until 30 days after we start, meaning you get your money back, 100% of your money back, uh, through February 10th. Yeah. And I've got a little bit of a cold. I, I apologize, uh, but um, I, I always feel better than I sound. Yeah. All right. Um, it's not COVID. I hope. All right. Um, 
And then Muhammad wrote, uh, in May of this year, I purchased one of your bundles of nine classes, which is absolutely awesome. Thank you so much for that. I appreciate it. And the bundle that, that Muhammad is, is referring to, uh, we got a special pricing, uh, pricing plan right now, is if you go to my, my website, which is um, Haroon Ventures, and then you click here on click to buy courses, the bundle is actually listed here. So if you scroll down, I've got all, all my courses here. Um, uh, I've got a subscription program that's doing really well now, humbly. Um, uh, it's 99 bucks per month. I've also got uh, the bundle, which is down here. Yeah, the nine, nine course bundle. Yeah. And you'll notice that I, I also published a bunch of massive other classes as well. Uh, really, really long classes. Uh, one of them is going to be about 100 hours, uh, which helps you understand finance and other major topics in, in business as well. It's been a busy year, and I'm very proud of my team. All right, I should probably get some water. Give me a second. If this is helpful, click the like button, please. Thanks. And I can't believe YouTube is getting rid of the dislike button. It doesn't make any sense at all. It's true. All right. Um, uh, and Muhammad wrote, um, then I saw your offer and promotion on your MBA program, um, uh, uh, which was a, a blessing. Uh, I want to join your MBA class. I can't wait. and I'm excited to join it. So you're going to love it. I can't wait to get to know you as, as well. Um, I promise you, I will walk through walls for you. I will enhance your career. I'll help you in all aspects of business or your money back. And, and the way the program works is there's 100 classes and they're three hours each. And after each of the 100 classes, uh, there's a, a very short quiz. And all you have to do to get the degree is to actually pass 50 of the 100 quizzes. And they're really short as well. And the degree looks looks like this here. And some of you are on a recent webcast with me and you'll remember I had that nicer frame degree hung up here, but it actually broke live during the webcast. I broke the product I was trying to sell. Yeah. But the way I teach is I, I think of myself like I'm a waiter. And hopefully an okay waiter with good food. And when you go to a restaurant, this is where I proposed to my wife, Christine, um, in, in, in Paris in the year 2000, in Maxine's, yeah, uh, right by it. Um, but when you go to a restaurant, you can choose any item you want, right? You don't order everything, but you look at everything. And so my job in this MBA program is to expose you to all aspects of business and all business careers. So that you can choose the career that makes most sense for you, or if you already if you've already started a company, you can take your, your company to the next level. And there's also a personal growth component, component to the program as well, which I think is really, really helpful. And it's my favorite part of the program. I, I'm going to show you a 50-second video of the personal growth thing while I get some Advil. Please give me one second. Thanks. I'll be right back. I promise you. Thank you for that. 
<clears throat> All right. Uh, uh, next up, uh, Muhammad wrote, uh, uh, Chris, you inspire me so much. Uh, and you're right about uh, not worrying because God already knows what's going to happen. It's so true. It's so true. Um, when it comes to your career, and this is the way I've, I've, I've lived my life for a long time, um, and I'm religious, and yeah, I mentioned God in class, and that's why I'll never be accredited, and I'll never let any other uh, big accredited institution tell me what I can and can't teach. Of course, I'm not a preacher in the MBA program, I promise you that. But I, I do believe that we worry too much uh, in business in, in general. And it was uh, Winston Churchill who said, uh, I once met a man who on his deathbed talked about all the problems he had in his life or all the worries he had in his life, none of which came true. You know, it was, it was Dale Carnegie that said that um, what kills us is not work, it's worry. And we weren't supposed to feel stressed out in life, you know, unless we were running for our lives, right? And so there's this great episode of National Geographic I saw years ago. And what happened was there was this, there was this uh, cheetah that was chasing a gazelle. And uh, what they did was they monitored the gazelle. And the gazelle's heart rate obviously was beating very, very fast. And the gazelle, uh, the reproductive system broke down uh, as well as the immune system. And that's what happens to us when we get worried at work. We're not supposed to be worried unless we're running for our lives. So don't, don't, don't be the gazelle. Yeah, don't worry. Akuna Matata, uh, everything will work out. Um, and uh, as, as Muhammad was referring to, um, I never worry about career stuff, okay, within reason, because I know that God already knows what's going to happen, and that puts me at ease. That's just me. Yeah. Things are never as bad as you think. And especially when it comes to the stock market, um, people let their emotions get in the way. And, and I've seen so many people lose tons of money investing in the markets because they freaked out and they used emotions instead of logic. And Dale Carnegie, another great quote from Mr. Carnegie, he said that we need to realize in business that quite often people are creatures of emotion, not creatures of logic. And, New York, and, and, and Warren Buffett once said the New York Stock Exchange is the only store in the world where consumers sell stuff when it goes on sale. Think about that. So we got to be incredibly unemotional in business in all aspects of finance. And Elon Musk is incredibly unemotional. And I think that's part of his genius. And a lot of billionaires I've worked for in the past, not all of them, but a lot of them are very unemotional. And the reason that they're successful is because they don't freak out at the worst time. And so in March of 2020, um, right when the market was bottoming, uh, Elon Musk backed up the truck, so to speak, and bought tons of shares, an American saying for buying stocks. He backed up the truck and bought a ton of shares in Tesla. He did it at the perfect time because he was being unemotional. And you'll notice that recently he sold shares. And maybe that's more than a coincidence. I don't know. But the market does seem somewhat frothy right now. Yeah. All right. Okay. Um, uh, and then next up, Muhammad wrote, um, I, I've been through a lot of failure. Oh, dude, you, you're my brother, man. Me, me too. Me too. And I, I got to bring up my, my favorite. You know what else? I'll put this back here today. How's that? Forget about marketing my MBA. I'm just going to market MJ, my, my, Michael Jordan here. Here we go. Yeah. So uh, Michael Jordan said, I failed over and over again in my life, and that's why I succeed. Um, but you wrote, I've been through a lot of failure um, with, with upside uh, down in my life. 
Uh, I'm not smart or genius, guys, but I learned from it. And, and thank you very much for your advice. Now, God bless you, man. It's failure is just a stepping stone to greatness, and you'll never you'll never amount to anything in life unless you fail a lot first. And all these wonderful entrepreneurs, they failed billions of times. You know, Oprah Winfrey couldn't get a job for ages. And she was trying to be like, uh, I think it was uh, Barbara Walters when she used to interview. And she wasn't being herself. And she was getting nowhere in her career. And so what Oprah did one day was she said, I just don't care anymore. I'm not going to try to be like my, my idol, uh, uh, Barbara Walters. I want to turn my idol into my rival by just being myself. And, and her style is amazing. She's just her. She's great. Everyone loves her. You just got to be yourself. You got to be yourself. And just understand that in order to achieve a lot of success, you are going to fail a lot first. And that's cool, man. You got to embrace it. You got to embrace failure, right? Failure is not shameful at all. You know, Michael Jordan, he missed the winning shot 26 times in his career. And that destroyed his confidence for a while, but it made him a better player. And speaking of the number 26, Abraham Lincoln, he lost 26 elections in a row before he finally got appointed to a government position. And we don't hear about these failures from these wonderful uh, entrepreneurs, but they occur all the time, I promise you. We just hear about their successes, that's all. But they've all failed lots of times before they made it big, and they never gave a damn what anybody thought of them. And we have to be the same, same way as well. Because as Mark Cuban said, in business, you only have to be right one time. And it might not make sense to to right now, and I'll get a little bit philosophical on you, but um, sometimes you'll fail in business, and it won't make much sense, and you'll be thinking to yourself, I, I don't get it, I can't, I can't catch a break. And then many years later, you'll look back, and you'll say to yourself, thank God that happened, because that guided me down a different path. That incredible frustration I had in my life made me uh, much more confident in my abilities and it helped me to change careers. And that bully at work, that prick I work with, for example, and we've all been there, motivated me. And so I vlog every day and my 1,000th daily vlog in, in a row uh, was um, about corporate bullies. I want to share it with you while I get some, uh, some lozenges. I'll be, I'll be right back, okay? But I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to make it through this webcast, I promise you, okay? So this is a short video. I'm very proud of this video. I'll be right back. Thank you. you bully people at work, meaning if you're a corporate bully, then I want you to keep watching this. Otherwise, don't watch the rest of this vlog. It's going to be out there today. But for you, the corporate bully, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for being such a jerk. And by the way, you peaked in high school and you're so insecure that you treat people poorly. I get it. I get it. You're really insecure. I understand. But you know what? In a bizarre way, and I think what you've done at work, treating people poorly is disgusting. But I think in a bizarre way, I want to thank you because you've motivated the people that you've treated poorly to quit and to join another company, or you've motivated them to start their own companies. You see, frustration in business can be a beautiful thing. And I say it with love in my heart, because if you're frustrated at work because you're treat being treated poorly, and I've been treated poorly many times before, then that forces you to get outside your comfort zone and get a better job or better yet 
start your own company. If I can be resourceful in any way helping you start your own company, please let me know. Thank you. Not the bullies, just the people who are being bullied like I was. Thank you. All right, cool. Uh, next up, I've got uh, Muhammad said uh, a fun fact, Chris. If you remember from confronting a cryptocurrency scammer, uh, actually, Chris, you use my father's name, uh, and I said, uh, "What the heck? Uh, what a coincidence!" That's right. That's right. And the name I used actually when I was confronting the scammer was Usman, um, and uh, somebody pretended to be me, and I caught the cryptocurrency scammer, and I did a vlog about it as well. Um, and you can go to my website, roomventures.com, and search for crypto scammer, you'll, you'll watch the video on it. But I found the person, I got the police involved uh, as well. Um, I, I traced it back to their address. The, the way I did was this. Some dude, and a lot of my students get scammed with cryptos, and it's just not fair, man. It's not cool. Um, and so I want to do something about it. So somebody reached out to me, uh, pretending to be somebody else, raising whatever, trying to get money, raise money, and this person pretended to be my, me as well on other websites. I'm like, I got to catch this guy, man. So what I did was I, I pretended to be somebody named Usman. And uh, what happened was this crypto scammer said to me, um, uh, just uh, wire me uh, so, some money, yada, yada, and I'll, I'll take care of you. And so I did it and I recorded everything. And we traced it back to uh, somebody that lives just outside of Atlanta, Georgia. And I got the police involved and at the last second. Instead of pressing charges, um, I, I told the person just, if you can please change your actions and help others not get scammed. Um, kind of like that movie, Catch Me If You Can, with Leonardo DiCaprio, which is a real story, by the way, about a scammer that, that helped the FBI later. Um, and that, that's what I did. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for mentioning that, though. Appreciate it. Okay. All right. Uh, and you, and you, I'll see you in class. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to getting to know you as well. Thank you. Okay, next up, I've got uh, Mike who said, uh, hey, Chris, uh, what are your thoughts on investing in real estate crowdfunding funds uh, like the diver uh, diversity fund? Yeah, so I, I don't have any experience with that, but what I'll say is before you invest in anything, okay, any real estate venture, uh, stock, IPO, whatever it is, I want you to read the investment offering memorandum thoroughly, okay? Read it thoroughly uh, and understand all the risks as well. And before you buy it, if you wanna put it into your retirement account, Talk to your accountant first. Because sometimes when you invest in something, after you purchase it, you can't put it into your retirement account unless you put it directly in while you purchase it. Talk to your accountant first, please. Last thing I'll say about that is, if any of you have a friend, that, and this is hard for me to say, but I say it with love my heart as always. If any of you have a friend that approaches you and asks you to invest in their company, I want you to ask yourself this. Why am I so lucky to be given this opportunity? And pass. Yeah, because friends with money, it's happened to me before. Um, I've had friends invest in my companies. I've made them a ton of money. I have one in particular that lost money. Just be careful. Be careful. Yeah. If that makes sense. All right. Uh, next up, uh, we have Peter, who's a new student. He's 19 years old from Romania. He came on the webcast a couple weeks ago. Great, great to see you. He's a, he's a big fan of football. Um, so uh, Peter wrote, hey, Chris, hope you're doing good. Uh, you said something a while ago, like if someone says no to you, it means not yet or something like that. Can you explain a little bit? Thanks a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So whenever you're selling, you got to think to yourself as you're selling. If you don't hear the word no, all you heard was not no. 
And if somebody does say no to you, it means not yet. You can always circle back and sell them again later. But the key is to always add value and help people in their careers. And if you give and you'll receive, it's prophetic. It's been true since the beginning of time. So help other people with their careers. And I promise you, you will get that customer or the sale or whatever it is. And to learn more about that, I'm going to teach you brand new ways to, to network and sell yourself uh, and get a job uh, on a webcast I'm hosting. You can go to this web address here, okay? Uh, and the webcast where I talk about all that career stuff and how to get a job and how to network uh, is going to be on Wednesday, November 24th. The Advil's kicking in now. Good. Okay. It'll be on Wednesday, November 24th uh, at, uh, at 11 a.m. Love to see you join. Again, go to this web address for more details. Yeah. All right. Um... Oh my gosh, Bavik, how are you? So Bavik, Bavik Thacker uh, is one of my students who graduated from the Platinum program last year, and we're entering our third year starting in January, but he graduated uh, last year. Great guy. He's from Mississauga. He works uh, in the uh, networking sector. His customers are hedge funds and mutual funds in New York City, and he now actually lives in India. During COVID, he went back to visit his, his dad in India, and he couldn't leave, and that was a blessing because he's such a rock star at his company. They let him work from India and he got to get to know his family better and his family's real estate empire in India as well. It is so good to see you, Bavik. I hope you're doing well. I hope you're doing well. I miss you. Okay, uh, next up we got Ryan. Ryan wrote, good morning, Chris. Uh, hope you're having an awesome day. Uh, when it comes to acquiring uh, corporate sponsors or support for at-risk youth, how would you position uh, your sponsor cohort uh, so they can achieve an education at an accredited uh, institution, what would be the uh, important details as an organization uh, would need uh, to see as a return to impact or revenues? Yeah, yeah, thank you. And, and Ryan and I exchanged emails uh, like a week or two ago through my support channel, and I'm giving him and all of his his charities and all the people, all his at youth risk uh, 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 people in his charities, free access to all my courses forever. Yeah, but in terms of getting corporate sponsorship, you got to register first. Right, register as a, in America, it's 501C. I think you're in Canada, so it's, it's called something different. Talk to a lawyer, register your company as, as an official charity, okay? Then what I would do is I would start doing social media stuff where you profile a lot of your students and how they've been successful and what you do to get your name out there and become a thought leader. And I want you to connect with a lot of people that uh, are at big corporations in Canada that can make these big donations. Connect with them on LinkedIn. And I want you to send a vlog out every week or so and put it on LinkedIn so that they can understand your mission, your vision, all that stuff. And in the MBA materials I sent you, I teach you how to create an incredible LinkedIn profile. Yeah. And then what I would do is uh, I would I would reach out to these people that work in the big corporates uh, in, in Canada um, and you know grab a coffee with them or a Zoom meeting in COVID times and just get to know them a bit and, and tell them what you're doing. And once you tell them what you're doing, your charity, and God bless you, brother, for what you're doing, I love you. Um, then you can very nicely ask them if they know of anybody that might be interested from a corporate sponsorship perspective uh, in investing or helping out from a scholarship perspective. And it makes these corporates look good too. They do it because they want to help you, but also, you know, it makes them look good. And they get a big tax break as well. So you got to be a registered charity so that you can give them a, a taxable receipt as well. Thanks. And if that wasn't helpful for you, or if you want me to answer other questions, uh, please let me know. Again, you and everybody in your charity get all my courses for free forever. All right. And, and big universities have, have scholarship programs too that are sponsored by big corporates. Okay. Yeah. 
Okay. Uh, next up, uh, Bavak, who again graduated a couple of years ago in my program, or last year actually, wrote, uh, hope you and your family are safe and doing well. Uh, I'm back in Mississauga. Oh, cool. Excellent. Mississauga is just outside of Toronto. It's where I'm from. It's got a bigger population than San Francisco, but not many people know it. Yeah. And then you wrote, I I'm probably going to come to the alumni meeting. Oh, excellent. You're coming. You're going you're gonna to travelize. You're going to travel and finalize your, your details. Excellent. I can't wait to see you. And anybody that's uh, ever signed up for my uh, Platinum or Gold program, you know, from last year's class, this year's class, or next year's class. You're welcome to join us on December 18th. I rented a museum here in the San Francisco Bay Area. And I'm going to be doing a graduation ceremony. And it's also an alumni networking event. And a networking event for anybody that hasn't graduated or even started the program that bought gold or platinum. And then that's going to be in the morning on December 18th. And then the afternoon... Um, and that evening, um, we have an amazing dinner at an amazing restaurant. We're going to go to it together. Uh, I'm covering the, the expense of everything, obviously. Uh, and then on, on Sunday, uh, December 19th, uh, I'm doing in-person office hours at a hotel here in the Bay Area in the lobby. I'm doing in-person office hours from 10 a.m. until 10 p.m., um, which will be a lot of fun. And I'm really I'm looking forward to meeting you and everybody else uh, in the program as well. Awesome, man. All right, next up, I've got uh, Allie. Uh, Allie wrote, um, I, I, I've been waiting for this time all day long. Uh, I've had a really long, depressing day. I'm so sorry to hear that today. But when I saw my reminder, I smiled and, and felt some comfort in my heart. God bless you, Chris. Thank you. God bless you way, way more. It's great to be here. Great to be here. Thank you. Yeah. And I hope everything's okay, man. I'll keep you in my prayers. Yeah. All right, uh, next up, uh, Arthur wrote, uh, Hi, Chris. Uh, hope you're having a great day. Likewise. My question is, with China's economy being very shaky at the moment, uh, with real estate developers such as Evergrande uh, having uh, uh, trouble servicing debt, and you wrote, there's a part two here somewhere, you wrote, and other issues with China currently, do you think a possible Chinese economic collapse would have large spillover effects uh, on the rest of the world and, and cause uh, a global uh, uh, recession? Yeah, so I... I I don't, I mean, definitely, I mean, China's the second biggest economy in the world. It's going gonna, it's gonna to pass the United States uh, economy-wise uh, by 2040 or so. So, yeah, a collapse of any major economy like China, America, et cetera, would be devastating. Yeah. So, it, but if you want to learn more about um, my thoughts uh, on China, you can always go to my website, which is, y'all know, HaroonVentures.com. And then up here, just do a search on anything. And I've answered more than 10,000 questions here. They're all indexed over, over the years. Um, and, and you can learn a lot more about this as well if you want to. Yeah. And I did a, and that's my little sister. <laughs> um, I, I did a big uh, uh, series on, on Evergrande as well uh, a couple months ago or something. You could check it out on my website. Yeah. All right, next up, Michael Young. Michael said, uh, my questions for the day are, uh, which job do you think would make me a better programmer uh, in the future? Um, I'm applying uh, my resume as a programmer to one of the biggest banks in the country and mutual fund investment companies that creates an app. Yeah, so in terms of understanding what program language you need to know uh, at those firms, uh, I'll make my answer generic as always. Um, what you can do is go to the LinkedIn profile of people that have the jobs you want at those big banks or mutual funds, whatever it is. And just scroll down to the bottom and see what programming uh, uh, languages they've listed on their LinkedIn profile. It's probably what you need to learn. Yeah. And then you wrote here, my, my second question is, do you think it's better to study programming in depth through Udemy and other sources before getting a job or just study along uh, after getting the job? Yeah. 
I, I would say a little bit before. In, in, in the old days, back in the 90s, what I used to do was, was this. Um, I would go during the evenings to community colleges to learn uh, programming language like C, C++, Visual Basic, et cetera. I am that old. I even did uh, uh, JavaScript back then um, and COBOL, which is embarrassing. But I did at community colleges, um, and I, I'd probably do it all online today instead of going to community college. But I think that's good enough. Yeah, yeah. And for anybody that's new to the workforce or, or is going to a new career and you get a job offer, don't worry. Like, on your first day or your first couple of weeks, you're not going to be doing anything major anyway. Like, don't over-prepare after you get the offer. They're going to teach you on the job, especially if it's entry level. All right. Um, and then Michael wrote, my, my last question is, um, how do you change jobs? For example, my uncle started uh, his career as a programmer, but later in the year, he became a business analyst. Sounds like me. Yeah. So if you join me on, go to this web address here for my, my MBA degree open house, I'm going to be focusing on how to get a job in that lesson. So the MBA degree open house, if you go to this link here, is going to be Wednesday, November 24th uh, at, at 11 a.m. All right. Pearl, how are you? Good to see you. Um, uh, and then uh, Pearl says, uh, uh, remember, Chris, oh, this is right before we start the webcast, too. You're talking about to, uh, to, to Allie. Uh, Chris says, um, God already knows what's going to happen. Keep your head up. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. Uh, next question is from Allie. Great to see you, Pearl. Uh, next question is from Allie, which is uh, my questions today. Number one. What is the difference between a stock exchange and a securities exchange? They're the same thing. Next, uh, uh, it, securities can be more generic, though it could include other types of asset classes, including bonds, commodities, futures, swaps, forwards, which I'm talking about in my derivatives course, uh, which is being added to my MBA program in the next couple of days. Yeah, and options, yeah. Okay, um, uh, next up is, uh, do you think environmental studies and financial services can be interlinked? and be developed uh, into uh, one career. Yeah. I mean, I, I think they sound kind of different, but if you wanted to, what you could do is um, you could work uh, for uh, one of those private equity firms or or, or uh, venture capital firms that focuses on on, on, um, on clean tech, right? So they, they invest in companies like, you know, the next Tesla or the next First Solar, et cetera. Um, so that might be how you can do it, yeah. And there's a lot of ethical hedge or ethical, ethical mutual funds. There's no ethical hedge fund. There are a lot of ethical mutual funds that will only invest in companies that do good for the world. Like they'll never invest in cigarette companies and stuff. Yeah, they're out there. Okay. All right. Uh, and then uh, a pearl wrote here. Hi, Chris. I'm so glad to be on this call. I'm from Zambia, uh, ranked the third world economy and predominantly cash economy. So apart from stocks and bonds, uh, what kind of person uh, invest in? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, you can always invest globally if you want to as well. And in the MBA program, adding this massive section on portfolio management uh, in the next couple of days as well. It's each how to invest globally in stocks, bonds, commodities, real estate. And if you want to invest globally in real estate, you can invest in what are called REITS, REITs. That stands for Real Estate Investment Trusts. And in most countries, when you invest in real estate investment trusts, um, by law, 90% of the operating profit of that company has to be given out in terms of a dividend. So the yields are very, very high. 
the last thing I'll say is when it comes to land, uh, my, my grandfather, God bless you, buddy, I miss you. He used to always tell me, Chrissy, buy land. They're not making it anymore. Yeah. And my favorite investment right now uh, is buying land far away from big cities. Because I think uh, just given COVID, we've proven to the world, all of us, that many of us can work from home. So it doesn't make sense to actually pay a fortune to rent an office building in a city. So I'm buying farmland. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up, I've got Mr. Trump, who wrote, Hey, Chris, uh, hope you're doing well. Likewise. Uh, my question is, what do you think about uh, the ed tech industry and how will it make an impact? And do you think more innovation uh, is needed uh, in the industry? Yeah. I mean, I, I've dedicated my life to this. You know, I, I, I worked in venture capital for years. Um, I've worked in a lot of great industries. And I decided that I'm going to teach because I really do believe that education solves all problems in the world. And if you want to see my, my thesis or the crux of my thesis, um, you can watch my TEDx talk that I gave years ago uh, on how education, technology, and acceptance, or technology, education, acceptance, T, T-E-A, T, uh, is going to change the world in the long run. And that was my thesis back in 2016 when I gave that speech. And it's becoming reality now, humbly. Um, and, and my vision is to build schools all over the world uh, that are environmentally friendly and also have um, internet-based, uh, satellite-based internet access, which is unfiltered, which is what Elon Musk is doing right now. And so we built our first school, or we're in the process of finishing our first school uh, in Rwanda, um, and I'm going to build one every year. And next year, I'm doing one uh, in, uh, in Kenya. Uh, and the year after, I'm going to do one uh, in Nigeria, all with my students in my MBA program. To learn more about this, you can go to projectmagoo.org. That's projectmagu.org. Uh, yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Next up, I got Persona Non Grata, who wrote a dry powder is uh, marketable securities, according to Investopedia. Uh, what securities do you recommend uh, us to use for our dry powder? Yeah. Uh, and so what uh, persona non grata, PNG, is referring to is sometimes I'll, I'll, I'll be presenting about stocks. And when the market's up a lot, I'll say, make sure you have some dry powder. And that means make sure you have some cash on the side just in case the market pulls back. And um, it, the best sources of dry powder are anything that are liquid, right? Make sure you only trade in liquid securities. It doesn't just have to be stocks. It can be ETFs. It can be bonds. Um, it can be cryptos even. Um, just make sure they're liquid. They, they trade a lot every day because illiquid stocks own us when the market is in free fall. And in the fall of 2008, when a lot of hedge funds went belly up, they went bankrupt because they owned a lot of stocks that didn't trade very much. And as they tried to get out of them, they dragged them down as they got redemptions in their funds. So the bottom line is when it comes to dry powder, you want to buy things that are very, very liquid that you can in, get in and, in and out of quickly if, if need be. Yeah. And you want to be a contrarian too in business and in finance. You, you want to buy when nobody else is buying. You want to buy when there's blood in the streets, as they say. Um, and the best time to buy is when the, the VIX, the, the VIX index, you can do a search on Yahoo Finance, uh, spikes above 70. And that's when there's a lot of fear out there in the market. And that's always the best time to buy. Always. And I put my reputation behind that. Yeah. So I always have dry powder in case the VIX spikes. All right. Uh, uh, next up, um, uh, Chris, uh, were you ever fired? Yeah, I was. 
um, or did you uh, quit your, your job because of a toxic environment or stupid boss? Uh, what did you deal? How did you deal with that? Uh, what would you recommend? Yeah, yeah. So earlier today, when I was taking one of my breaks to get a, a lozenge, I, I showed you a video of of uh, thank you corporate bullies, and I've worked with a lot of jerks, and these are the type of people that, you know, maybe they were quarterback of the football team uh, in high school, um, and and now they're they're bouncers or they've got low 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 level jobs or maybe they make it into corporate for a while, but they get discovered eventually, and they bully you, right? Not all of them, but and if they do. You know, it's you, you got to turn that frustration into something that's going to make you have a breakthrough moment in your life. You know, like get get a better job or, or start a company or better yet. Learn and tell yourself how not to manage people based on how they manage you. And also tell yourself this. I will never treat somebody that poorly in my life. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember I worked at uh, Accenture or Accenture, sorry, uh, back in the 90s. And it was 1995. And I was working, uh, the consulting engagement was we were working on the merger of Manulife uh, and Confederation Life on Jarvis Street in Toronto. And uh, there was this one associate partner from the, from the Orange County office at Accenture who was so mean to me. And I'll never mention his name, ever. But it was late one night, 10 p.m. And he asked me to print out uh, a database report from a mainframe. And I tried hard. I couldn't figure it out. I didn't want to ruin the mainframe. I don't know what I was doing. Eh? Uh, and and I, I told him, I said, I'm so sorry, sorry. I, I tried to do it. I, I just can't figure it out. And he looks at me and he says, it's because you're incompetent. And then he turned around and he walked away. And I was, I was shocked, man. I was shocked. And so you know, he was verbally abusive to others as well. And as I look back in hindsight, I'm, I'm glad that prick said that. Because it kind of forced me to think about getting a better job and starting my own company as well. Yeah. So just remember, frustrations at work, they're, they're nothing more uh, than uh, something that could lead to a breakthrough in your life. And, and if you're unjustly criticized in your life, I want you to tell yourself this. Unjustified criticism is nothing more than a disguised compliment. I have to say that again. Unjustified criticism is nothing more than a disguised compliment. And so when I'm criticized unfairly, and it happens a lot, I get brutal comments uh, on YouTube. YouTube usually blocks a lot of them, but I can see the held for review comments. Or I get awful comments about me and my courses and stuff, which is cool, whatever. Um, I, I tell myself that. Thank you for the compliment. Perception becomes reality. You choose to interpret anything you want to, the way you want to interpret it. Okay. All right. Uh, uh, next up, Arthur hey, Art, already wrote, uh, hey, Chris, again. Uh, I have a second question for today. Sure. I'm soon finishing high school. Very cool. My son, Andrew, is, is almost done as well. Uh, and then you wrote, and I need to know what I want to study and do with my life. I've been looking at uh, an interesting uh, major, uh, which is a master's of engineering in mechanical engineering and business finance. These are both uh, the same degree. Is this good for finance or other industries such as tech? Uh, is this a versatile degree? Yeah, yeah. I, I think energy engineering in, in general is great. Anytime, anytime you can work in an industry where you make a product, um, it's a great place to start a career. Because if you hate that product, you hate making the product, at least you, you can move on to selling the product. And so 
when it comes to uh, the most marketable jobs, um, you want to get an origination job when you're younger, especially. Uh, and I'll give you three examples. So um, here in the valley where I live, uh, you know, a lot of people work at Google. And at Google, a lot of people start out as engineers there. And if they hate engineering, meaning making the product, that's cool because they can because they understand how to make it. They can move on to selling the product or marketing the product or operations on the product, whatever it is. That's the origination job. The second of three examples is in finance. If you work in investment banking, you're creating the IPO product or the M&A product. And if you hate that, because you understand it, you can move on to sell that product, trade that product, whatever it might be. Same thing with consulting. If you start out working in consulting and you hate it, that's okay. Because in consulting, you work on corporate strategy. And if you create the corporate strategy for a company and you hate it, well, because you understand corporate strategy and how to create that product, you can move on to sell it, market it, do operations on whatever it is. And so the bottom line, I think getting an engineering degree is great uh, in anything that's origination-based will help your career longer term. But I got to wrap up this question by telling you that you got to make sure you're passionate about it. Otherwise, you'll never be happy. Make sure you absolutely love it. And don't do it because other people older that are related to you or us are asking you to do so. Do what you're passionate about. Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, ne next up, I've got here Snoop. Hey, Snoop 101. Uh, Snoop 101 wrote, uh, do you believe that Web 3.0 will be as big as the internet in the 90s? Uh, lots of talk about how we're going to start Web 3.0 uh, and getting in now is cr critical. Yeah, I think it'll be a lot bigger because the, the size of the market, the internet market for internet uh, 1.0 was quite small, relatively speaking, in, in the 90s. In terms of how it's going to look like, and I've been experimenting with it for a while now. And for those of you not familiar with uh, Internet 3.0, it's this concept of the next platform that matters is going to be um, AR or VR based. And, and the best investments in history are always platform based, meaning you own the road and you can charge the cars or the toll booths. Okay, so think about it this way Airbnb is a platform okay, for hotels. They don't own any hotels, but they own this platform. Same thing with Facebook. They're a platform for social media. They don't make any social media content themselves, but they own the platform. Last example is Uber. Uber obviously is a, is a taxi platform. They don't own any taxis, but they own the platform. And so when it comes to Web 3.0, the next platform that matters is probably going to be something uh, that's AR, augmented reality, or virtual reality based. And we don't know what it's going to look like yet. We have no idea. I watched uh, Mark Zuckerberg's an hour or an hour and a half long uh, speech on this. And the bottom line message I got from his entire speech was, if you use Oculus, which they bought, it's going to look something like that. We don't know yet. We don't know yet. Um, but it's, it's going to be kind of like, like World of Warcraft circa 2005 when you can walk around the world in the game and talk to people all over the world. And that's something I'm looking to incorporate in my MBA program with 3D technologies and AR. I've got a long way to go. I have no idea how it's, what it's going to look like, but it's something exciting. And I talk about it because that way it puts pressure on me in a good way to actually get it done. Yeah. And so all these big tech companies, they know that AR and VR is going to matter as a platform longer term. And so that's why Microsoft bought um, uh, the, the HoloLens product. 
Um, that's also why uh, Google invested $500 million in an AR company in Florida called Magic Leap. And that's why Facebook bought Oculus. And that's why Sony um, uh, created their, their VR product, which is now just more than five years old. Uh, even Nintendo's getting into it with their, their cardboard-based Nintendo Wabo. I think they're called devices, right? Where you put a little piece of cardboard in, in front of the, uh, the Switch screen and with goggles. It looks like VR with Mario, whatever. It's cool. Everybody knows it's coming. Nobody knows what it's going to look like yet. And, uh, you know, the CEO and founder of, of NVIDIA has been saying, we are a meta play, meaning we're an Internet 3.0 investment company because you're going to need a lot of processors or graphics chips to power this sort of thing. AMD, same thing, because they bought ATI, which is a graphics company. It used to be Canadian. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up, Gurav said, uh, hi, Chris. Uh, I've invested in Alibaba. Cool. Uh, I want to hold it longer term. Is it worth it to invest in, in Baba? Yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I mean, Jack Ma is, is, is a brilliant man, and I always love investing in companies where the founders are still running the company. However, the fact that they're in China, it's a big risk. Eh? You know, so like in America, big companies can be deemed too big to fail. But in China, big companies can be deemed too big to succeed. So you, you, we're screaming, screaming into the wind with this one because there's a geopolitical risk. It's tough. Yeah. And in terms of how to analyze the company, um, in my MBA program, I give you a gazillion different frameworks on how to analyze companies. I always start with the management team, though, and I'm, I'm a fan of Jack Ma as a manager. Yeah. Okay. All right, next up, uh, Arthur wrote, uh, which is a master's of... Oh, that was a follow-up question from before, sorry. Uh, hey, Kevin, how are you? Kevin's in my MBA program. Great to see you, did. Uh, Kevin wrote, good morning from Lakeland, Florida. Good morning to you as well. Uh, please bring your tax code to California on the left coast. Florida's got a great tax code. Yeah. Uh, next up, Ali wrote another question. Sure. The metaverse and NFTs. Do you think there's a strong linkage between the two opportunity-wise? Uh, I think it would make a, a great topic for one of your daily vlogs. Yeah. So I one, one of my great students uh, that started a, a company, he's doing great, um, his name uh, is Peyton Kalawahe. It's my sister again. And so Peyton has this amazing website called GameReport.io. And here he talks about uh, video gaming as well as blockchain and NFTs. Right. And he's got courses here as well. So I, I would check this out. I would reach out to Peyton uh, Kalawahe. Uh, if you want to hear or over overlinked and he runs circles around me when it comes to that sort of thing but in terms of nfts being central or part of of um uh, of the metaverse or web 3.0 i mean yeah it, absolutely it's it's going to be another form of payments it, it might be something as simplistic as getting a i don't know a, a 3d virtual avatar that you can buy it's a work of art yeah so it's going to be central to everything we do i think so yeah Okay. Um, and uh, ne next up, uh, I've got uh, uh, Vatsal who wrote, Hi, Chris. Does the traditional MBA still work for finance jobs? Yeah, it, it does. It does. However, I, I think what's better than that approach is aggressive networking. You know, if I, if I told you that if you set up 20 or 30 networking meetings with people in the finance industry, that you would get the job of your dreams, would you do it? Of course, you'd say yes. I promise you networking works. And so I remember when I used to teach at MBA schools, universities during the evenings and undergraduate as well. I would teach during the evenings these, these 10-week uh, sessions. 
It was so much fun. I loved it. And during the, the first class, I would always tell my students, I, I would say, if I told you that oh, if over the next 10 weeks in this course, that if you set up 10 informational meetings, that you would get the job of your dreams, would you do it? And, and all 70 hands in my class, I have massive classes, would go up and people say, yes, absolutely. Then on the final day of the semester, I would say, okay, how many did 10 informational meetings? No hands go up. How many did nine? No hands go up. How many did eight? Maybe a couple of hands go up. And those hands that went up were always the students that never got the best grades, but they always got the job of their dreams. So remember that your network is your net worth. Yeah. So I, I would network aggressively. And if you join us next Thursday, I'll teach you a bunch of networking tips as well. So next Thursday, if you're watching the replay of this, is November 24, 2022. And if you go to this website here, you can sign up uh, for a webcast we have that day, Wednesday, November 24th at 11 a.m. Pacific time. And I'll teach you how to network and some more advanced career stuff. And I'll also give you a nice sample class of what it's like to be in my MBA program. Yeah, it's the MBA open house. Uh, and Ali wrote here, also, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm super, super enjoying uh, your, your on-demand MBA, the silver one. Thank you. God bless you. Uh, I look forward to uh, waking up every morning just so I could catch up on, on the lectures. Thank you. Thank you. And your dad humor brightens my mornings. Thank you. Dude, and I've got a, I, I took the dad humor to the next level. Like, it's, it's, it's out there. Like, I'm, I'm in the options course, which is going to hit the MBA program in class 89, by the way. And I'll send a message to everybody so you'll know where it is. But I, I teach, a, I have a case study on, on futures and how, um, how, how you, uh, farmers use futures to lock in prices and big companies too with oil. And I was teaching a, a lesson, which I recorded already, uh, on how farmers will sell their products using the futures markets, the Chicago Mercantile Exchange, go to cmegroup.com. And they'll sell, they'll sell their wheat in the future. And, and companies that need wheat, like General Mills, ticker GIS, They'll buy that futures contract. And this is the worst ad humor ever. But in, my, in the course, um, what I did was I taught about uh, doing futures uh, and options and derivatives on wheat, uh, as well as on gold, orange juice as well, which is on the back of this box here. And I had this here because it's a prop I use. This, this is from 2012. They don't make this anymore, and I'll tell you why. Because Michael Phelps, who's on the cover here of, of Wheaties, so Michael Phelps got 65 gold medals in the Olympics in swimming. The guy's amazing. And what happened was in 2012, uh, there was a, a press report and photos of him doing weed. And so General Mills took him off the cover of this box. And so if I worked for General Mills now, I probably, if I was in the marketing department, I would say, why don't we change this to winner, winners don't do weed. Champions do. It's, I have to warn people, if you're going to join my MBA program, some of my, my humor is awful. Thank you. But thank you for laughing at my, my dad humor there. And, and always laugh at me, not with me. Yeah. If I put a smile on your face, I've done my job. Thank you. Okay. And then Pearl wrote that the personal growth module is, is really rounding. I'm enjoying it. Thank you. Yeah. And, and I, it's, it's part of the MBA program. For those of you not familiar with it, there's five components to it. Uh, there's finance and accounting, sales, marketing, and communications economics management and strategy, entrepreneurship, and the last one is personal growth. Yeah. Uh, next up, we've got Zoralina, uh, who says, uh, Hi, Chris. Bonjour. From Ontario, Canada. Excellent. Great to see you. Uh, I, I was born, I grew up in Ontario. I was born in London, Ontario. 
Um, and I bought a couple of buildings there recently, actually, close to the University of Western, renting them out and stuff. Yeah. Uh, you wrote, my, my question today is, does soaring inflation, will it have con consequences on the rate of currencies like the euro, uh, the US, uh, or, or Canadian dollars? Yeah. Um, I think they're all going to be relative. Okay. Um, it's, and they're all going to trade in parallel, except when one of those three uh, uh, economic blocks, meaning the EU or, or, or Canada or the United States, when one of those three start to raise interest rates more than the others, then the value of their currency will go up more than the other two. And the reason is um, when, when, when interest rates rise, people want to invest more so in those currencies because that currency is worth more. It's just the way it works. Uh, and if you're curious about how uh, fiscal and monetary policy works, you can go to my website, haroonventures.com. And at the top, just do a search on interest rates and it'll explain exactly how it works. Yeah. Yeah. But inflation is getting ridiculous, man. It's 6% per year. It's moronic. Um, it's just a matter of time till the government is going to have to massively raise interest rates. It won't be a, a huge amount, but it'll be 25 basis points every month or so until uh, inflation is a little bit more under control. All right. Uh, next up, Demian. How are you? Demian, who just uh, upgraded from my silver program to platinum starting on January 10th. Uh, Demian is from Barcelona. Uh, he's from Mexico originally. But he lives in Barcelona now with his wife and his daughter. He's a great guy. Great guy. Uh, so Demian wrote, uh, Dear Chris, good morning. Uh, I hope you're okay. My question, I hope you're doing well as well. My question today is, uh, there are certain brokers in Europe to invest in stocks and ETFs, but they don't offer many options. Yeah. Uh, and then you wrote here, uh, I would like to know if you know uh, of any places you can trade options, Big Hub, Big Hub from Barcelona, I'll go right back at you. Yeah. Um, so in, in, in the MBA program, um, actually in class 89, and I'll send you an email about it soon. All, everyone in my program is already registered. You get all my new stuff for free forever whenever you buy. Uh, I'm going to be teaching about options in a lot of detail. Now, the best way to find out uh, how you can trade options in, in your country or any country is uh, call up the five biggest banks uh, in your country. And uh, like Banco Santander, for example, um, and ask them, what are the brokerage firms affiliated with their banks? Then call the brokerage firms and ask them if you can trade options. But I want you to wait, please, uh, until I teach it during the course, because it's so easy to lose your shirt with it. I want everybody to practice for at least six months before trading options at all. And I've got you covered. I'll send you everything you need to, to know about options very, very soon. Thank you. Okay. Okay, and Ali wrote, I, I wish I did the MBA 10 years ago. It, it was super awesome, especially personal growth classes. Thank you. Thank you. All right, next up, uh, the Financial Advisor Show. Uh, first time I've seen you. I hope you join again. Uh, wrote, uh, hello, Chris uh, from Beirut. Uh, oh, dude, I'm, I'm also, um, so I'm, I'm part Lebanese. Yeah, so my, my, my grandfather, God bless him, uh, he was a Haddad. Um, he, he, uh, he's from Lebanon. Uh, and so, um, yeah, my, my mom is 50% Lebanese and I'm, I guess, 25%. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but you wrote here, I always watch your videos. Really inspiring. Thank you. One of the best practical instructors. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Mabruk. Yeah. yeah. Habibi. Habibi. Welcome to the house of Habibi, the Harun Habibi house. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, next up, I got Pearl who wrote, uh, hi, Chris. Uh, my second question is, who issues European bonds? And how does it work? My country has defaulted on interest payments. Yeah. Uh, maybe Ali and I can help our country out. Yeah. 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 
So um, the way it works is it's the European Central Bank. Okay, so every country has a government department that is in charge of making money. Okay, so in the United States, it's called the Federal Reserve. Uh, in Canada, it's called the Bank of Canada. In many other countries, it's called the Bank of whatever, like the Bank of England. Uh, in Europe, it's called, or with the EU, it's called the ECB, okay, European Central Bank. Japan is called the MOF, Minister of Finance. And, and so what happens is, is this. They, countries can't make enough money from taxes to run their economy. Uh, and so they have to raise debt. And so what they do is they buy and sell bonds. And the way it works, and I talk about this uh, in the monetary policy side of the MBA program in a lot of detail in the EMS track, Economics Management Strategy. So what happens is, uh, let's say I'm the U.S. government uh, and, and you're a, an investor or a, a, yeah, an investor anywhere in the world. I create a bond, okay? And the use of proceeds of this bond is so I can build bridges, not walls. I usually get downvotes in that one, okay? So, uh, yeah, and, and so I sell this bond to you, okay? You're the investor. And in return, you give me money, okay? And I take that money to build bridges or whatever it is. And I take some of that money and I put it out of circulation. And because there's less money out there now, the value of money goes up, meaning interest rates. So it's kind of like uh, if, if you go to um, a grocery store and um, you, you buy avocados there every week for a buck each, I'll say, just for fun. And then one day you go to the grocery store and avocados are $8 each. And you're like, what the heck? And so you go to the manager of the, the grocery store and you say, why are avocados $8 each? And the manager tells you, oh, it's because there's a drought and not many are being made. So that analogy, the, the, the manager of that store is kind of like the Federal Reserve or the ECB. They're the manager of money. And when there's less money out there, just like less avocados or fewer avocados, the price of, the, of it goes up. The price of avocados goes up uh, and also the interest rate uh, goes up as well. And that's how interest rates are, are managed, yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, next up, Steve wrote here a, a side question. Sure. I'm curious, what are the legalities if someone who is an executive in a company who buys and sells shares of their own company? Yeah, they're allowed to do it, but they have to issue a, a special SEC form. Um, and I, I think it's called a, a Form 4. And if you buy shares over time, or if you sell shares slowly over time, part of planned sales, that's called a 10B5 program. And so whenever you see uh, sales through 10B5s, don't freak out. Because the management of that company or whoever's selling those shares internally to that company, 99.9% .9 of their net worth is in that company. So planned sales are done slowly over time, regardless of if the news is positive or negative coming out from that company. Now, when you see massive sales like you, you saw with, uh, with Elon Musk, you know, that's, a, that's, that's a bigger deal. It's a bigger deal. Um, and I believe thoroughly in something called behavioral finance. And what that means is it means investing in companies when you see management, uh, the management team buying massive stakes in their own company and vice versa too. Yeah, something called behavioral finance. Um, and there's a mutual fund that one of my best friends growing up uh, works at, I think he runs most of it now, called Fuller and Taylor out here in the Bay Area. Uh, and that was found by, founded by Dick Fuller and Richard Taylor. Uh, and uh, they just received a Nobel Prize in finance for behavioral finance. So you can look them up if you want to. But what they do is they, they tend to vote with their wallet. They invest in companies where management is buying a lot of shares internally. 
But if you ever see a, a 10B5, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. But if you see something like Elon Musk buying a massive amount of Tesla, then you probably want to buy Tesla too. And that's what happened in March of last year. But certain executives are different too. Like for many years, I remember I used to go long and short Activision to great TVI. And I met with this guy, Bobby Kotick, uh, who's in the press now for unfortunate reasons. Um, but I met with him a number of times over the years when I used to invest in this company. And I, I remember every time he bought shares or sold shares in Activision, six to 12 months later, the stock would either outperform or underperform based on whether he bought or sold. Uh, and I remember I met with him once. I said, Bobby, I see you're selling a lot of shares. How should we think about this from an investment perspective? And he said, I don't know what to say. My wife has expensive tastes. Um, that's, that's actually what he said. Uh, but there are certain executives you can follow um, that, uh, and you can backtest it as well to see if they sell or buy shares uh, at optimal times. And the same thing with corporate finance departments. Like, for example, um, whenever, whenever um, IBM does massive M&A, historically, and I have backtested this as an investor years ago, whenever uh, IBM does massive acquisitions, it usually means the market is bottomed. Not always, but many times. I'll give you examples. So in the summer of 2006, uh, May or June of 2006, uh, you had a, um, a rookie Fed, Fed chairman at the time, Ben Bernanke. And he raised rates too early and people freaked out and the market crashed temporarily. Uh, and so what happened was in 2006, IBM uh, bought uh, a couple of companies, right? ISS is one of them and Cognos is the other one, COGN, yeah. Uh, and, and so that, that kind of marked the bottom. You know, one data point doesn't make a trend. They've done it before. In 2002 and 2003, when the markets were in free fall, before the statue of Saddam fell, IBM bought um, a PwC for a couple of billion. That marked the bottom. IBM did it again in early 2009 when they announced they were buying Sun Microsystems and eventually Oracle trumped them on that deal. But that kind of marked a bottom as well for the markets. Yeah. So the bottom line is you can look at certain executives buying and selling patterns and certain corporations and corporate finance departments in terms of buying companies to kind of understand what the market is going to do next or more importantly, that company itself. Yeah. All right, uh, next up, Huey wrote, uh, appreciated, but unfortunately I'm, I'm just a broke student. Uh, and then he wrote, aha, uh -huh, I'll definitely sign up for the MBA program uh, up if I got the money, yeah. And if you join us next Thursday, you'll see that uh, you can click here to, or, learn, or go to that web just to learn more. We're giving away one gold and one platinum um, uh, program to two different students. So it'll be a random draw. Maybe you'll be one of those. Uh, and again, this, this time, this webcast is going to be a lot smaller in past ones. Um, but if you sign up, your, your chances are, are, not, are not zero to get it. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, and Christoph said, uh, yes, please get all philosophical, Chris. Thank you. I, I love it. You're most welcome, fellow libertarian. I think I'm a libertarian. I don't know. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I grew up in the, in the 80s uh, loving Ronald Reagan. I grew up in Canada because he took on communism. I hate communism. Yeah. Uh, I hate anything that takes away any freedoms from individuals or my students reaching their full potential in life. And so I love Ronald Reagan. And so I thought I was a Republican. And so I came to the States. And eventually I can vote. And I'm like, I don't know if I can vote Republican. And so I go back from Republican Democrat based on who the candidate is. But maybe I'm a libertarian. I'm not sure yet. All right. Um, uh, next up, Nick wrote, uh, hey, Chris, I'm currently on a gap year uh, between high school and college. Fun. Uh, what do you think uh, could be a good way to spend my time other than volunteering and interning? Uh, is learning a language worth it? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, it, it's... you got to be passionate about it, though. Like, you, you really have to want to learn about a language and enjoy it as well and see it as a work of art. Right? Like, the, the Spanish language is beautiful. Right? you got to be passionate about it. The best way to learn a language uh, is to watch um, foreign television programs with, with captions on. Right? Okay. Um, uh, other than that, what I would do, man, is, is I would tell yourself, what are you most passionate about in life? What do you love? What gets you out of bed in the morning? And whatever that is, I want you to do that for a while what, during your time off and see if you can turn that into a career. Or sign up for my, my MBA program as well if you want to because we have a venture capital boot camp in the third of four semesters where I teach you how to start a company. Just follow your heart. Everything else will work, I promise you. All right. Um, uh, next up, I, I see e Pronto uh, from Toronto. And, and e Pronto, I saw that message you wrote, and I know you, you just deleted it, but I want to read it to everybody, okay? Um, so, uh, and I saw, I, I actually took a picture of it as well. Thank you for that. And I want that criticism always. Um, it's, it's right here. When I was uh, taking my break to go and get uh, 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 my Advil, uh, I saw this, and Epronto deleted both of them, but I want to read it, and I thank you for it, okay? So, Epronto, and I'm always transparent, brother, okay? And, and thank you, Epronto from Toronto. I remember you. So, Epronto uh, wrote here, uh, uh, Hi, Chris, uh, trust all is well. Uh, and this, he deleted it. You won't see it, but he wrote, um, Hope you can take a little bit of criticism. Absolutely. Thank you. Um, I keep receiving promotional emails and offers for the MBA program that I completed. I loved it. It becomes a little bit annoying. Um, uh, and then, um, yeah, no, no, no. Thank you. I appreciate that. And what I did actually was I, I sent it to my, uh, my sales and marketing team as well. Um, hold on, let, let me show you proof. Yeah, right here, okay? So I wrote here, I, I sent the picture, okay? And what I wrote in the text to my sales and marketing team was, uh, please check all MBA buyers and make sure you don't get the emails again. Yeah, I don't know if you can see that, but thank you for that. And I see that you 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 removed both those those uh those, those comment those critical comments, um, and I want to thank you for that. Yeah, I'm always trying to improve, and it's it's never easy, never easy. Yeah, yeah, and that's my fault, not my team's fault. Yeah, thank you. I love you. Okay. All right. Uh, uh, next up, um, transparency builds trust. I think. Manas, how are you? Manas is one of my amazing students from India. He has a book called Bonds Before Business, which is so true. You have to bond before business. So Manas wrote, good morning, my dear mentor. Uh, the background looks a little plain, <laughs> uh, but it's okay. Speaking of criticism, okay. Bring it on. Bring it on. Another comment here is, Chris, your hair looks like an awful wig. You look like that guy from The Sopranos. And your nose is massive. Can you do something about that? It's aerodynamic, people. Like, when I ski, like, try kicking my ass and skiing. You can't. Because when I tuck with this, this, this Roman nose, whatever it is, I go fast, man. Yeah. Nobody wrote that. I'm just kidding. But if you did, I would laugh. That would make my day. Uh, so Manas wrote, a background looks a little bit plain, uh, but it's okay. So um, how are you? A lot has changed since last week. Uh, by the way, your cryptos course is so cool. Uh, the way you assembled uh, the computer in the course is, is so dope. Thank you. Dope. That's what the kids say these days. Or they say groovy or something. I don't know. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I will change this. I will change this. Yeah, and I can. I, I've got this great light in the background here. I, I can change it. I can, you know, turn on uh, different colors, whatever. Um, I think I'll just stick with what I've got here. I, I like blue. Yeah, you're right though. It does look plain, and I will change it. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, and I got actually I got criticisms uh, earlier this year, um, and one data point does make a trend. I got a couple criticisms on I sounded tired, right? And today I know I'm tired. But uh, earlier this year, I said I'm tired. So what I did was I actually got rid of my chair in the office. Whoops. I got rid of my chair in the office. There's no chair here. No chair. Yeah. And I walk all day long while I work on my treadmill here below my desk. I'm getting a brand new desk, because my, uh, which is um, 80 inches wide. It's one of those ones that goes up and down, because my current one broke. So I've got this, this thing here, and I pull up and down. Look at that marketing, that. I, sh I, sh I, should, be sp I should be sponsored. I don't do sponsorships ever which has cost me a lot of money, but I don't give a damn. You guys come first, my students, yeah. But I got this thing over Amazon. It's called Stand Steady. Uh, you put it on the desk. It comes assembled. It's awesome. So I can actually work and not worry about my, my posture, which is getting better. Yeah, but it's still bad. All right. Uh, and then Manas wrote, uh, but a suggestion, my mentor. Please remove the computer from Dylan's room. Uh, as, that's right. As, as kids are going to uh, be, be kids, safety first, as the parts get heated up way too quickly. Humble suggestion. Oh, thank you. For, I appreciate it. So what Manas is, uh, love you, brother. What Manas is, is referring to is, um, so my son Dylan, um, he, uh, in his room, um, he's uh, mining cryptocurrencies. And I put the crypto miner in his room, but it's way up top on top of the dresser. It's protected uh, as well. And so um, he, we just got a payout, actually. Um, uh, yeah, we just got a payout. Nice. Looks like it's off right now, too. <laughs> um, but we just got a payout. Um, and, and once you get to point two of an ether, right? So right now it's it's uh, it's it's at hardly anything. Um, but uh, we got a payout that was sent to our, our Coinbase account. That's my public address for Ethereum here. Yeah. It's so funny, though, man. Like with my kids... Whenever they borrow something of mine, they use it for a while, it becomes theirs. And so when his buddies are over, he's like, hey, this is my mining computer. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of like my son, Andrew. He drives my, uh, my, my Matt Gray badass Mercedes. Uh, and he's like, uh, yeah, it's my, he tells his friend, let me get my car. It's my car. I earned that. All right. I almost forget how to drive, man. I haven't driven very much lately. All right. Uh, next up, uh, Manas wrote, my mentor Elon is selling more stocks. According to you, investors should run towards the exit uh, if the CEO and the company uh, sells. Yeah. What are your thoughts on this one? Yeah. 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 But he's doing it in a different way, though. It's not just because the, 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 the stock is overvalued. Um, and I still own Tesla. I've owned it forever. Um, but uh, he's doing it also to kind of tell Joe Biden and, and other politicians, I got to be careful here, that are getting a little bit too left wing to stop thinking about raising taxes a lot. And so he's, he's moved to Texas. He used to own a house actually around the corner from me here in Hillsborough. He sold all his property here in California on the left coast. Uh, and now he's uh, he's moving to Texas, as as you know, yeah. And he's pissed off too at the government. Like what what, what he said actually is, uh, he he said it's really not fair that the government has all these subsidy programs for the big three automakers, um, which are unionized, right? 
um, and he doesn't have one for Tesla, for example. And, and he's right about that, too. He's right about that. You know, Biden's going after votes uh, and is favoring unions. It's not fair. It's not fair at all. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up, I got Mighty Men. How are you? Um, uh, Mighty Men said, uh, hey, Chris, uh, do you know anything about the, the Lightning Network to use Bitcoin uh, as cash? Yeah, I'm probably not the expert to ask on that. But what you can do is you can uh, contact uh, Peyton Kalohea, uh, who's one of my amazing uh, MBA degree students in the Platinum program. If you go to my YouTube page, you'll see that I interviewed him a couple months ago. Yeah. Reach out to him. He'll be happy to talk to you. And his career has taken off. It's been amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And because of that interview and because of him mainly, um, he's actually gotten a lot of gigs as well, including doing a, a, a keynote speech for 10 grand for one day. It's amazing. All right. Next up, George, how are you, man? It's been a while, dude. So George uh, wrote here, best wishes. wishes. I hope the boys uh, are, 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 going, are doing well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then you wrote 83 and still going. I love it. I love it, man. George, just remember, brother, the average life expectancy between the 1950s and today has changed a lot. We are living 26 years longer today than we did back in the 1950s. So that means that your age is actually... Alexa, what is 83 minus 26? 83 minus 26 is 57. You're just a, you're, you're, you're a young kid, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're the same age. Great to see you. My kids are great. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, uh, and then uh, Manas wrote, uh, my mentor, the U.S. government passed a trillion dollar bill uh, where they're going to tax crypto dudes like you and me. Uh, miners, traders, NFT flippers are going to be taxed above $10,000. Uh, what do you think? Uh, unfair? Question mark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I actually, once I saw that, that the U.S. government was going to tax cryptos, it made me more bullish on cryptos. It made me more bullish because it doesn't signal that they're going to make them illegal. There's got to be some sort of very, very loose regulation, though, because what you guys don't see behind the scenes is how many people get scammed out of cryptos. It, and I had actually turned off comments on one of my, a bunch of my crypto, uh, uh, crypto videos because people are scamming each other big time. So I think that very loose regulation, it's got to be there, man. It's got to be there. Too many people have gotten crushed uh, in their portfolios. I have one particular student uh, in my MBA program now who lost $15,000 on a crypto scam. There has to be some sort of very, very loose regulation. Yeah. All right. Uh, but you can't hide anymore. Like, um, I did a lot of research on crypto taxes a few years ago because I was on a... I was on NBC just getting interviewed uh, about crypto taxes. That was me showing off. No, I'm just kidding. Um, and there are precedents in place so that you can't hide anymore. Even if you own a Swiss bank account, you can't hide. Because what happened was in 2009, the U.S. government, uh, they partnered with, with Switzerland, the government there, uh, to find out if Americans are hiding money there. Uh, and, and they're taxed based on that as well. So you can't hide anymore. Yeah. yeah. All right. George, so good to see you too, brother. Yeah, yeah. All right. Uh, uh, see, uh, give me what I guess. Okay, so uh, next up, uh, Peter, uh, who's from Romania, who's 19, who loves football. Great to see you. I wrote, Chris, do you think that in the future, uh, most of our learning will be online, like your courses? And will companies have to adapt to people 
coming at an interview with a diploma from an online course. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. And before I invest in any stock or any sector, I always ask myself this. In five years, will this stock or this company or this sector be more relevant or less relevant than it is today? It'll be much more relevant. And my view of the world, my vision of the world was pulled forward 10 or 20 years last year when, when COVID erupted, uh, when it came to online education. Uh, we, we were absolutely flooded. Uh, and, and what I did was I humbly think the right thing. In March of, of 2020, I gave away all my courses. And I had, uh, I think it was between one and two million uh, people downloading my courses for free. And I did that because I wanted people to stay at home, man, and work from home. And I had to hire more people uh, to actually answer those questions. So it cost me a lot, but I didn't care. You know, it, the most disgusting thing was uh, last year in 2020 when companies started raising their prices. Like I use this product here called Wirecast um, to, to do my weekly broadcast. And they reached out to me a while ago and they wanted to put me on their website and do a success story, whatever thing on it. They raised prices. It wasn't fair. I'll never do sponsorships, by the way. I always put my students first. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but I really do believe that um, more people are going to be learning online in the future. You don't need to do a four-year undergraduate degree that costs $100,000. And by the way, there's 13 hours of class per week. Hundred grand, And then you graduate knowing nothing that you can apply in the real world. Unless maybe it's comp sci or engineering or something. It's just the system is antiquated. It's broken. And it's elitist. You know, those with a ton of money uh, get their kids in these great schools. Or their parents went to a certain school, they get in, whatever. It's not fair. It's, it's brutal in England, for example. And this is not a criticism of England in general, just a criticism of Cambridge and Oxford's uh, admissions policy. A lot of people that got out of those schools getting because their parents went there as legacies. It's just not fair. It's not fair. Yeah. So I, I think it's broken. And I think people are realizing that the, that the Spending hundred grand on four-year education is a waste of money. I think it is. I, I think universities in the future are going to be there. Have two-year programs, not four, two years, and it's supplemented with a lot of online stuff. In, in business schools, it's it's worse, man. It's hundred grand for two years, and, and basically you graduate with an MBA from a traditional school, and you don't know the most important things in business. They don't teach you how to sell. They don't teach you how to interview. They don't teach you how to network. They don't teach you how to manage your own money. They teach you, they teach you how to manage other people's money. And they don't teach you how to start a company. They don't. Ask anybody who graduated from MBA school. So do you know how to start a company now? No. And that's why I do what I do. All right, next up, Demian, um, uh, who's one of my, my platinum students, uh, wrote, uh, Chris, uh, one of the messages didn't show up. Uh, yeah, so whenever you type in uh, a question or anything, um, if, if there's an internet link in it, um, what happens is it gets blocked. So what you can do is by YouTube, not me. You can type in a web address like this. Instead of cnn.com, you type in cnn space dot space com. Yeah. Uh, so Demian wrote, uh, uh, there's a broker named Tastyworks, the creators of Thinkorswim. Uh, have you heard about that? Uh, let me know your thoughts or advice. Many thanks. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I don't know much about that. Um, I do know a lot about Thinkorswim. So Thinkorswim, for those of you, for anybody who wants to start getting tra trading options or stocks, uh, and they want to just use a paper portfolio uh, to start learning. Here's what you can do. Okay, let, me, let me go there for you. So there's this uh, Canadian company uh, called uh, Toronto Min, which we all know. Uh, and they own this company called Think or Swim. And Think or Swim is this, uh, this brokerage platform. And the beautiful thing about this brokerage platform is 
you could sign in, and I haven't given them a penny. You could sign in for live trading or paper, paper money. And if you can't get access to this, maybe you can use a VPN or find a, an equivalent to thinkorswim in your country. But when you log in, let me log in here. It's all, it's, it's real money or paper money. I'm gonna do paper money here. Yes, give me one sec, please. All right. And on this platform, you can learn a lot about trading stocks, analyzing stocks, options, etc., without losing money. Because with options, if you don't do it right, you can lose a fortune. And this looks a little bit uh, intimidating. Don't worry, it's not. I'm going to teach you all this stuff from scratch uh, in my, my MBA degree pro or in my MBA degree program and my options course. Yeah. So if I type in here uh, Tesla, what we can do is we can buy options on Tesla. Okay. So um, options usually expire on Fridays if it's a, a stock or a Thursday if it's an index. So we can buy the December 21st, um, let's say, uh, 1,000 strike option. And what that means is if the price of Tesla is well over $1,000 by December, December 31st, I make money. And so I can go here, I can buy it. And the good thing about this is it'll tell you what the most you can make is infinite and the most you can lose, right? Which is this amount here. Um, so it's important to start doing this and practicing here because if you were to sell one of these or short them, right? Selling, shorting, and writing options is the same thing. I'll teach you about this in my program. You're on the other side of that trade and your losses can be infinite, right? It's deadly. So I want people to practice trading options first and in my options course uh, coming out um, within a couple of days, actually, uh, it, um, it, I teach that in much more detail. Yeah. All right. I'm excited about it. I've never worked this hard on a course in my life. I've worked my ass off my whole life, but I've never worked as hard as I have over the past two months. Yeah. Maybe that's why I have a little bit of cold notes. But I love what I do. All right. Uh, next up, uh, Manas wrote, my mentor. Uh, I've started vlogging now. Um, oh, good. Nice. And these are 60 or 30 second shorts. I'm determined to do it for at least four years till 2025 at least. You inspire me so much. Uh, thank you for everything. My, my pleasure. And good for you for going down that path. Um, and all... it. The way I think about YouTube is YouTube is the only gold rush in history where it costs you nothing to make the product. And YouTube is the only gold rush in history where you can get potential access to billions of customers for free. And when you do your, your, your YouTube channel or any social media stuff, you got to think to yourself, how am I helping other people enhance their lives? How am I serving others? You know, give and you'll receive is prophetic and it's been true since the beginning of time. And don't worry, man, along the way, if you feel like you're screaming into the wind and no one's watching. Some people are watching. You just got to keep at it. You got to keep at it. And, and Gary Vaynerchuk, you know, I remember a couple of years ago, people said to him, you know, what, what's it like being an overnight success? And he said, what are you talking about? I'm a 45-year overnight success. It's taken me years. And then he said, do you know how many times I had to do podcast interviews with like two people listening? Just keep at it. Don't worry. Keep at it. Uh, it's a marathon, not a sprint. The longer the view, the wiser the intention. Yeah. Just be consistent. Yeah. But, and good luck too. Enjoy it. Yeah. I've learned a lot doing it as well. Um, it's been fun. Yeah. All right. Um, and give me one second, guys. Sorry. All right. 
Uh, and then uh, Manas wrote, uh, China is mining 82% of all Bitcoin out there. Yeah, yeah. And for Bitcoin uh, pooling, it's been like that for, for years. Yeah. Um, mining 82% of all Bitcoin out there. Uh, do you think this is proof that China is way ahead uh, of, of, of the time in terms of technology and development? No. I'm definitely capable when it comes to technology, but the reality is that the cost of, uh, of electricity is quite low there. Yeah. Uh, and unfortunately, it, it might be due to living or to, to being close to filthy coal mines. There's 4,000 coal mines there that belch filth into the sky. And about a third of all pollution above the Bay Area here um, in California is from mainland China because of, because of uh, coal. But I got to commend the Chinese, though. Because they kind of signaled when they had that three-hour meeting uh, with, with Biden this past week that they are going to improve the environmental aspects of their economy and hopefully human rights too. Yeah, yeah. So it, it all comes down to the, because of coal and the price of electricity is quite low in China in many places. So what we do is we look at the price per kilowatt hour. And the price per kilowatt hour, is, it, it can be well under 10 cents in many regions in China versus well over 20 cents in many regions in the United States, for example. And that gives you a big advantage when you're mining because the biggest cost when you're mining is the cost of electricity and the parts in their computer too. Yeah. All right. Um, uh, Z, uh, Zishan wrote, hello, Chris. Hey, Zishan, how are you, man? What's going on? Okay. Um, uh, and then uh, Ali said, uh, so I have experience working as environmentalist and recently in finance and business, my new passion. Should I pursue? Should I pursue both and put both qualifications on my resume, and LinkedIn? Yeah. So whenever you create your LinkedIn profile, and, and I'll talk more about this next week on Wednesday, November twenty fourth at, at eleven a.m. when I'm doing a webcast teaching you guys this stuff. Go here to sign up, please. It's going to be a smaller group, and and somebody's going to win gold and platinum for free in it too. Uh, but when you make your LinkedIn profile. I want you to think about who the customer is. Um, target it towards whoever might be hiring you, for example, or whoever might be a customer. And make sure that you complete the summary section as well. A lot of people don't. And the summary section should be thought of as, let's say you're about to give a keynote speech and somebody needs to read your bio. That's what your summary section is. So spend a lot of time on that, yeah. And if you join my MBA degree program, I will personally write your entire LinkedIn profile live with you if you're in the Platinum program during our many one-on-ones throughout the year. I do one-on-ones on Monday, Tuesdays, Thursdays, um, starting on January in January when our next session starts here. Yeah. All right. Uh, next up, uh, uh, Francesco wrote, uh, Hi, Chris from Italy. How are you? Great to see you. Uh, I went to the Amalfi Coast uh, in the summer 2018 with my family. Um, and actually, that it was so beautiful there, man. I, I went for a long walk with my buddy Tom Carrazza, who run, runs this real estate empire in Canada, uh, and, and he convinced me, and I decided on the Amalfi Coast that I was going to start using YouTube and, and doing what I'm doing now. It, it was there, and sometimes you have to you have to go away uh, to a beautiful part of the world uh, just to reinvent yourself and do some soul searching. So that, that trip definitely had had a big impact. Beautiful place too, except I cannot drive on those roads. Yeah. And my taxi driver got mad at me, actually. He's a nice guy. Because I was eating in the taxi. Apparently, that's, you don't do that. I, I didn't know. Yeah, yeah. It was fun, though. Yeah. Beautiful country. Yeah. And, and I did uh, 23 in me. I had my DNA sequenced. And um, it, it said there's a 67% a chance uh, that my family is, is from the south of, of Italy, way, way back. 
Uh, and it also said I'm like one or two percent Neanderthal. It did, I promise you. Yeah, because Neanderthals have, have probably had big noses. Yeah, um, but yeah, but we don't know where we're from actually. Um, so my my dad is from Egypt, um, but um, we we don't know where we're from because in, in Egypt, I think your last name your 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 dad's first name becomes your last name or something like that. So you can't really cha trace uh, your 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 roots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We don't know where we're from. It's a mystery. Okay. Um, uh, so uh, Francesco from Italy said, what do you think about the future of Chinese society government's measures today, creating problems for companies like Baba? Uh, but later, do you believe that they will too benefit from it? Yeah. Um, so I, I think that Chinese companies benefit from the fact that the government is, obviously it favors Chinese companies versus international companies. Right? Um, also, uh, there's a risk, though. It's a double-edged sword. And I would err on the side of being cautious there. Because for my entire life, since I was born, um, you know, China was becoming a little bit less left, le less communist, a little bit more right-wing, slowly. And, and when I was a baby in 1972, I just revealed I'm 50, 50 years old, uh, 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 President Richard Nixon, he went to China. And, and he kind of started to open the market up. Right, uh, and then China started changing over time, and it was becoming a little bit less communist, which is wonderful for the whole world. And then COVID hit, and since then, for the first time in my life, it's terrifying. China's becoming a little bit more communist now, and that's scary. And and it's it's actually frightening for me in in, in many countries in the world because I, I have a ton of students. And I'll never reveal which ones told me this, but I do an insanely high number of one-on-ones with my students all over the world. A number of my students last year told me, they said, Chris, you wouldn't believe the rights that are being taken away from us because of COVID. You know, we go outdoors past curfew and the police have sticks and they hit us. And, and, and what worries me, man, is that once COVID is done, we better fucking get our rights back. Even places like, like Canada. I, I remember my, my, my brother, he wanted to go to the cottage um, and the police wanted to fine him 150 bucks per person for just freaking walking outdoors. And, and during the peak of COVID, I wanted to go home and see my family. And the Canadian government website said, if you don't get a test and you enter, you can go to jail for six months or get a fine of $750,000. And so even in like more traditionally right-wing countries, Rights are being taken away. And, and I really hope that we get our rights back. And my favorite license plate in the world is the great state of New Hampshire in the Northeast United States. And on the bottom of that license plate, it says, live free or die. And so I, I worry, man. I, I worry about rights uh, being taken away from us. I really do. Um, very worried. So, you know, in, in the United States, and look, America's not perfect. Uh, but I respect people voicing their opinions, both sides. You know, I'm completely against what happened January 6th. I think that's disgusting. But I like it when people voice their opinions on COVID. Both sides. Am I vaccinated? Yes. I got Pfizer, both shots. Am I going to get the booster? I don't know. I don't know. It, it kind of feels like in hindsight, we all rushed to get this shot. And it wasn't FDA approved. So I, I'm going to wait and see on this booster thing for a while at least. Yeah. But I hope that people get their rights back. 
Uh, and so when people walk outdoors without masks on, you know, my, my initial reaction was, screw them, man. That's not cool. They're, they're being selfish. But now I'm like, well, they're voicing their opinion, sort of. And, and I do worry that in a lot of countries, we won't get our rights back. And so again, first time in my life, the world is moving a little bit more left wing, which is kind of scary. So if, if, if you're in a country right now and, you know, the COVID mandates are, are slowly expiring and you don't get your rights back, then call your member of parliament, your MP or congressperson, whatever it is, and demand that you get these rights back. kind of opinion i know yeah and look i'm glad i got vaccinated yeah yeah but there's been side effects too um and i have students where they've had side effects as well um and i've had some as well actually because of it uh and so i think it was a little bit reckless in hindsight to everybody to rush to get these 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 shots and and look i know it, it decreases the death rate a lot i understand that's a good thing obviously but i wish there was a little bit more thought that went into fda approval on these things yeah. And now we're rushing to get another booster shot as well. Yeah. So I don't know yet if I'm going to get it. I'll, I'll wait. Yeah. yeah. That was kind of out there. I'm so sorry. Okay. Uh, uh, Zishan wrote, I-, I wanted to ask you if it's the right time uh, for investing for long term in the Indian market as the markets are an all time high. Yeah. 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 Um, and India, actually, based on my research for my derivatives and options course, um, the, the largest number of derivative contracts are, are on the Indian markets, way ahead of the U.S. It's an amazing market. Yeah. Uh, in terms of long term, it, it's hard for me to say. Um, I, I tend to like to buy when everyone else is freaking out and people aren't really freaking out yet. But the, the, the best time to buy stocks is, and I'll show you right now. So, and, and this, I, I promise you, I put my reputation on the line. This is the best indicator by stocks. I've used this a lot over the years. It's always worked. So what you do, speaking of options, my options course is coming out soon. Uh, if we go together here to um, Yahoo Finance, I'll give you the best indicator when to buy stocks. And for me personally, now is not the time. Do I dollar cost average? Always, yeah. All right, so what we're going to do is we're going to look at the uh, the VIX, okay? So this is uh, the Chicago Board of Exchange, which is a big market in Chicago, which was founded in 1973. What they did was they, they kind of created the options market in the United States. And, um, and an options mean you can make money based on the rate of change of stocks up or down. And so um, what was added to the, uh, the CBOE's market uh, was uh, something called the VIX. And the VIX is a volatility chart. And it was founded in 1990. Okay. And what the VIX does is all it does is, is it measures how volatile it measures how volatile investors think the S&P 500 is going to be in the next month or so and when there's high volatility it means there's fear and when there's fear and the VIX goes up the markets go down a lot so let me run through this and I'll explain how this works uh, and I'll give you the bottom line on when to buy stocks in a sec so every every chart tells you a story okay um, so the VIX was was created back here in 1990 and and it spiked uh here uh in december of 1990 uh during gulf war one then what happened was it spiked again here in um 1998 because of the asian uh 
financial crisis. There was a crisis in Asia. They called it Asia Falling and the Asian Contagion or the Asian Flu back then. Yeah. Um, then it spiked again here on 9-11, of course. Um, and it spiked here right before the Statue of Saddam fell uh, during um, Gulf War II. And then um, over here, it spiked uh, in, in the fall of 2008 went, went to 79 when we were within 24 hours of bank machines not working. And stocks got crushed. And unemotional people like Warren Buffett bought tons of stocks then. And that was the best time to buy. And history repeats itself. So over here, it's tough to see, but intraday here in March of 2020, it actually went above 80 to an all-time high. And stocks were getting murdered. Okay, And that's when you buy. And when the VIX spikes above 70 or 80, no matter what, you buy stocks. And, and I promise you, it's going to feel so uncomfortable. And you're going to think, that is, this is the craziest time to buy stocks. And that's exactly when to buy stocks. Because that's what everybody else is thinking. If you buy stocks everybody already loves and owns, who's the incremental investor to push it higher? You got to buy when everyone's freaking out, man. When they think the world is ending. Because things are never as bad as you think. And so when it comes to buying stocks in any, any market, be it, be it India, per your question, or anywhere, I like to wait to when the whole market is freaking out. And this is the best barometer you can use, the VIX. And my options course comes out um, within a week, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I have a, a much more detailed version also going up my, my MBA program. Yeah. But I talk about the VIX as well. I'm getting a haircut tomorrow too. It's getting long. Yeah. Like that guy from The Sopranos looks like this. All right. All right, next up, uh, Peter from Romania uh, wrote, uh, uh, Chris, uh, what platforms do you recommend for investing online? Yeah, so I, I would say um, it's tough because I want to be global in nature. Uh, but, but what I would say is just go to finance.yahoo.com just to understand stocks and bonds and cryptos and, and options as well. And a lot of people don't realize that you can actually look at options on Yahoo Finance. Okay, And I'll get to the other platforms in a second. So if you go to, um, you can go to Yahoo Finance here, yeah, and you type in any ticker, okay, what you can do is you can actually see options here, okay? So right here. And if you click options and you see nothing, it means that there's no options on that stock. So I would start playing around with this just to understand what all this stuff means. Now, in terms of platforms to use, um, I, I use Think or Swim. It's great. It's made by TD Meritrade. If it doesn't work for you, you might think about using a VPN. And if it doesn't work that way, then I want you to do a search for what is the think or swim equivalent in whatever country you're in. I know you're in Romania. And what I recommend doing is, is calling up uh, the five biggest banks in Romania or whatever country people are from on this call and ask them which brokerage company is affiliated with the bank. A lot of times the banks actually own a brokerage company. And then I want you to call those brokerage companies and ask them if you can get access to their trading platform with a paper portfolio, a pretend one first, and practice for six months at least. Yeah. Or what you can do is just buy ETFs for now. Um, and I talk a lot about ETFs and risk management in my upcoming options course, which again comes out next week. Yeah. Francesco, how are you? 
Francesco wrote, um, how do you consider factors uh, when evaluating a company starting from fundamental analysis? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So um, in my MBA degree program, I provide you with a, just a ton of, of templates, okay? And, and let me show you one of them. Um, so I'm going to go to Excel Hell right here. I, I provide you a lot of arrows in your quiver or tools in your toolbox, uh, so to speak. Uh, so I got you covered uh, for every type of business template you think you need. And when it comes to fundamental analysis, I, I created this, this massive spreadsheet uh, that, that I'll show you. Uh, I can't believe I got it down to 30 megs only. Um, and this is one of the many tools available uh, in my MBA program. It, and so um, from a, a fundamental uh, investment analysis perspective, and this might be a little bit tricky to read, uh, but I've got 100 steps to analyzing a company, okay? Tons of steps. And so from a fundamental perspective, I tend to look here uh, at the quality. Let me, let me zoom in, actually, make it easier for you guys to read. Okay, give me a sec. Uh, let's go 150. That should be fine. Yeah. So th the steps to look at from a fundamental perspective, you got qualitative investment research tips here, okay? Uh, it, it frameworks, and then quantitative, and then financial. Okay, so from a fundamental perspective, um, you want to understand the catalysts and drivers, meaning what makes the stock or company go up or down. It's usually one or two factors, and that's crucial to know because that will impact how you create your financial model. Um, you understand if, if the sector is in secular growth or cyclical decline, whatever it might be. Understand the competition, uh, suppliers, uh, research development, all, all this stuff here, M&A history, a SWOT analysis, which means uh, strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats. The, the Boston Consulting Group matrix. I have my own matrix I've created for you, my own frameworks from scratch, the HEV, Hurricane Education Venture Frameworks. There's tons of them. There's tons of them. Um, and all this stuff here, once you answer all these questions, it feeds into this massive detailed report, which is 150 pages. And if you do enough research on stocks and don't rely on anybody to tell you what to buy, even me, every, especially me, um, you'll do well longer term. You got to do the work. You got to do the work. Uh, and I've created a bunch of dashboards that come out of this as well based on how you answer questions in this spreadsheet. It's a lot of fun. So that's a, that's a quick answer to fundamental analysis. A, lo a lot goes into it, yeah. All right, uh, next up, uh, Manas wrote, uh, my mentor, uh, Chris, please, uh, cryptos are a pain in the government's neck. Uh, so they propose to bring a, de a decentralized a financial institution uh, where smart contracts are valued here. Uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, what are your thoughts on Kickstart? Okay, yeah. yeah. Um, So every government, including India, where you're based, um, they feel threatened by cryptos. And cryptocurrencies are the biggest threat to national security for many countries. Why? Because let's pretend that you and I stop buying rupees. We stop using rupees in India, okay? And we decided that, eh, I'm just going to keep all my money in cryptos. And let's say everybody in India or any country decided to do the same thing. They didn't want to buy any rupee. They just started investing in cryptos. Well, the government in India and every country, they don't make enough money from just taxes, right, to pay for stuff. They make money from bonds, okay, or they raise money that way. So they take a bond and they sell it to you. You're an investor. In return, you give me cash. I'm the Indian government. And I will take that cash and use it to build bridges or whatever it might be, um, or, or for the military to defend the country, right? Every country is that way. And I'll take some of that cash and put it out of circulation. So the value of the rupee goes up, interest rates. Now, if everybody in India, and this works for any country too, decided I no longer want to use Indian rupee, I'm only going to use cryptos. 
then the Indian government won't be able to raise money to make the country work. And so that's why this is the cryptos are the biggest threat to national security in many countries. And, and the more left-wing a country is, uh, the more likely it is they're going to make cryptos illegal. Because, you know, left-wing countries, um, they, uh, like communist countries especially, it's all about control. Yeah. Okay, next up, Manas said, what are your thoughts on Kickstarter? Uh, do you believe uh, with NFT and blockchain, Kickstarter is going to be uh, a, a, a big, a, a giant of a company? Yeah. Yeah, I think there, there needs to be some sort of reputable distribution channel uh, when it comes to virtual items. And I haven't found it yet. You know, when it comes to physical stuff, like custom-made uh, stuff, I, I go to Etsy.com. This is from one of my courses, yeah. Uh, I go to Etsy.com. But I wish there was a virtual platform I could go to. You know, for baseball cards, for me, or, or sports card, um, I, I have the Wax Cryptocurrency, right? Um, and, and there's kind of a platform being created for that. But what I would recommend you do, if you want to learn more uh, about um, NFT-based platforms, um, I think that the, the authority is one of my amazing students uh, named uh, Peyton Kalohea, right? So all you have to do is go to his, his company, uh, which is GameReport.io, one of his companies. Uh, and he's in my, my MBA uh, platform uh, uh, program right now. And, and so he is definitely the authority on this. I would ask him for, for his opinion. And if you want to reach out to him, um, let me show you a LinkedIn here. Uh, he's in the United States Navy in surface warfare. Um, let's go here to... Um, Peyton Kalahaya. Yeah, so he's yeah service warfare officer in the United States Navy. Um, so he, he's, he's one of my students. He's great. Uh, reach out to him. He knows a lot more about this sort of thing than I do. Great guy, too. Great guy. Yeah. Yeah. He's family. All right. Um, uh, next up, uh, Christoph. I wrote, hey, Chris, instead of committing to a purchase of the real deal, physical land or residential real estate, are there any REITs that strictly own residential uh, real estate? There has to be. There has to be. Yeah. 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 Uh, when people think of REITs, they usually, and for those who are not familiar with REITs, it stands for Real Estate Investment Trust. It's like a stock. Um, it has a ticker, uh, except when you buy it, by law, in many countries, 90% of the profits of that REIT have to be paid out in terms of dividends. So they usually have high dividend yields. Um, there, there definitely has to be residential real estate REITs. There has to be, especially for apartment buildings. Yeah, yeah. Not, not as much for houses, unless it's a bunch of townhouses. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then Christoph wrote, uh, would, would owning a strictly residential REIT uh, uh, be just as good or close to the same as actually owning an investment uh, in a house or a condo? <sighs> no. No, because when you own your own house or, or, or condo, um, you get the tax deduction as well. In some countries, not all, right? Um, you get to deduct the interest in mortgage in America, not in Canada, I know, uh, where you're based. Uh, oh, Peyton just said you are too kind. Uh, so Peyton's on the call right now. Uh, the Game Report. How, how are you, Peyton? Great to see you, brother. Uh, oh, Peyton, I, I sent you an email about that. There was a guy that wanted me to do uh, um, uh, a keynote speech. Um, it's this big company and they offer, I, I said, my, my rate is 10K per day. Uh, and then he said, um, great, can you do it next week? I was like, no, I'm jammed, maybe in January. Uh, and then I, I gave them your, your name and um, uh, they said they're really interested in talking to you. 
Um, so check out the email if, if you want to. But what I did was this, okay? Whenever you do these things, always ask for half up front because you don't, know, you don't know if they're, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, especially with crypto stuff, yeah. Great to see a paid, yeah. Uh, but in, in terms of, of, uh, of buying a house, um, no, I, I don't think REITs will go up in value as much as a house does because they're, they're, they're incredibly diversified. Right? So a house, you can make you know, 500% on it um, in, in your lifetime. Uh, a REIT, probably less so. Again, they're very diversified. Yeah, plus you get, uh, uh, you get the tax savings as well for owning your, your own place um, if, if you do it uh, through your retirement accounts, right? You get a lot of these in whatever country you're in. Uh, you get a lot of tax incentives. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Plus, think of it this way, dude. If you don't buy your own house and you're renting, if you rent for 50 years at, say, 800 bucks a month, that's the equivalent of $10 million lost. Run the numbers in Excel. I can show you if you want. Yeah. All right. All right, next up, I got Manas, who wrote, thank you for everything. Uh, uh, Chris, my, my pleasure. Uh, believe it or not, uh, you and I are going to teach together one day very soon. Uh, I believe that, uh, and that will be magical. God bless you uh, and your family. Blessings to your mom. Thank you. Thank you, likewise. Good. God bless you. It's my dad's birthday um, on November 16th. I love my dad and my mama too. And that's actually their, their anniversary. Yeah. yeah. And they, they got married in, um, in, in the late 60s. And um, a lot of people didn't go to their wedding because of the, the color of my dad's skin. God bless him. I love you, Dada. Yeah. And my mom said, I remember years ago, I was reading um, Obama's book. I never voted for him, but I like him. Uh, I was reading his book, and uh, it was his first book. And in one of the chapters, it, it said that interracial marriage was illegal in 13 countries in the United States. What the fuck is that? And I called my mom. I said, Mom, you're not going to believe this. Interracial marriage was illegal in, in 13 states in America in the late 60s. And she said to me, I know, honey. Uh, I remember your father and I, we were walking hand in hand on Young Street in Toronto back in the 60s. And people would stop me, and they'd say, your, your parents would be ashamed of you. Yeah. And her parents didn't go to the wedding. Yeah. So November 16th, that was my parents' anniversary. Yeah. 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 They've been divorced since 1969. No. Okay. All right. Uh, all right. Cool. And thank you, Manas and Evans, for the, the, those wonderful icons. Okay, next up I got uh, Lionel who wrote, uh, good morning, everyone. Thank you. Uh, Chris, subscribe. Chris, I subscribed to your courses and I'm 4% into the Silver MBA program. Awesome, thank you. I'm already ripping the benefits by facing my fear. Awesome, awesome. I love, you can turn your biggest perceived weaknesses into your biggest strengths. It, it's all up here. You know, I think, therefore I am, like the Rodin sculpture. Yeah, awesome. You wrote, I got presentations for, for my ventures. Awesome, nice. Uh, and then you wrote, I had Zoom meetings on Monday and Tuesday, and I enjoyed bonding and talking from the heart. Uh, I have one live presentation December 7th in Manhattan. Awesome. New York City, baby. And one on Zoom on the 6th uh, for agriculture business uh, in chaotic Haiti. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all. I'm, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. And you, you're learning that you, you got to bond before business. You know, it's like if, if you go to someone's LinkedIn, before you meet with anybody, right, on Zoom or in person, uh, for a planned meeting, go to their LinkedIn profile, see who they follow. Also, go to their Twitter profile and see who they follow, because they might follow, I don't know, a hockey player, something you're 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 passionate about. Yeah, uh, and so I'm, I'm Canadian, proud Canadian, 
And if I see somebody follows hockey, I might talk about that in, in one of my meetings. Just go to their Twitter profile. Yeah. And by the way, if, if you guys are, if you guys work in sales and you're trying to get customers, you can go to LinkedIn and find out who the salespeople are at your biggest competitors. Then you can go to their Twitter profile and see who they follow. I promise you they follow the people that are their biggest customers. Awesome. Great, great, great to see you, Lionel, and best of luck with your presentation. And thank you for the support. All right, next up I got Kyle. And Kyle, I have to be honest, when I saw your name, I thought of the movie, I thought of the movie South Park for a second there, okay? Or the television show. Yeah, yeah. I love you. Yeah. And my cousin's name Kyle as well. Uh, so Kyle, Kyle wrote, um, uh, hey, Chris, I'm excited for the 2022 Gold NBA. Awesome. Okay, great. Excellent. I hope you're in town, man. If you want, you can come December 18th uh, to the annual networking event we have here uh, where I rented a big uh, museum and all that stuff. It's going to be fun. Yeah. Uh, and Christina Hong, who's one of my amazing platinum students uh, this year, God bless her. And thank you, Christina, if you're watching uh, for helping out with this. You're my rock. You're amazing. So Kyle wrote, um, also, what tips do you have uh, when networking at an in-person uh, work group event? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, and when we, since you bought gold earlier, you get three one-on-ones as well. And I think the early bird special, I'll talk to you about that in person uh, as well as during the, the general Q&A sessions, but I'll, 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 serve you, I'll answer this now as well, of course. Um, that was me buying time to think of the answer. So, if you want, you can research before going to the event to see who's going to be there. And you can just kind of do a look at their Twitter profile, see who they follow. So you can, I don't know, talk about something you have in common. Um, but one of the more important things when you meet somebody for the first time is they form an impression on you in the first couple seconds, which is life lasting. And so you always want to smile, shake their hand, look them in the eye, uh, and then repeat their name. You know, very nice to meet you, Kyle. And it'll help you. It'll help you remember their name as well, because I suck at remembering names. It's so embarrassing, man. Like I'll go to these networking events or parties, whatever, and I'll talk to somebody for hours. I'll know everything about them, but not their name. It's ridiculous, and it gets worse because my wife Christine, she has the same name as me, and so Christine, what happens is we'll go to parties, and everybody knows our name, because you know we got the same freaking name, Chris and Christine, which used to work out well with gym memberships but now they take a thumbprint, so it doesn't work anymore. I'm gonna stop talking about that now. But so Chris and Christine, so people know our names. And so Christine comes up to me during parties and we have this thing, uh, this, this plan, which is this. If I don't know somebody's name at a party and Christine's beside me, I go like this on my neck, okay? And then Christine will say, hi, I'm Christine. And by the end of the night, I've lost like eight layers of skin on, on my neck. Um, but um, that, that's a little, little hack we have. But but I, I, I love asking people, you know, just you know where, where they're from and just learning a lot about them as well. Um, and, you know, as Dale Carnegie said, you always want to arouse in the other person eager want. Just get to know them. Get to know them. Yeah, and, and ask them as well, you know, how, how they their career, you know, why they went from one job to the next. And if you can find a way to talk about sports or the weather or the shows you're watching on Netflix or movies, whatever it is, something in common with them and make sure you read the, the local newspaper thoroughly that day before the event. So you can talk about local events. 
You know, maybe it's a new community center that opened up. Or, I don't know, some new government announcement about something. Or the weather. Yeah. And for, for me, last night, I, I, I watched um, No Time to Die, the James Bond movie. Oh, it's so good. You can, get, well, you can watch it on iTunes now. Um, so, or Apple TV, whatever. Yeah, it's amazing. But I find some way to, to, to drum up something about movies or about television shows. You know, like, like the Ozark season four coming out soon. I can't wait to watch it. Yeah. And bring your, always bring business cards too. I know it's old school, uh, but, but it's important. And, and business cards are still kind of a representation of who you are. And they won't be around that much longer, but I'll show you which ones I've, I've used for years. I don't even get them anymore, but um, I go to a website called moo.com. You'll never forget it. Great branding. Um, and then what, what I do is I, I, I buy small business cards, right? And I don't even know if I have any left. Yeah. Uh, but, but I'll show you. You can get really creative ones here. They're expensive, man. Like I remember I used to have these things and I meet somebody at a party or something. I'm like, I can give them a card, but are they worth 40 cents to me? But I would get this one here, just just small ones, right? And, and they're they're nice, they're thick, whatever. Um, and depending where you are in the world, you, you got to be careful with these business cards too. You got to, like when I used to go to Japan, you, you don't just throw them in your wallet. Um, that's disrespectful. You have to say hajime mashite and read the whole thing and all that stuff. Yeah. Okay. Himanshu, how are you? It's been a while, man. Hope you're doing well. I mentioned a guy named Himanshu uh, at Accenture years ago um, in North Carolina. Yeah, and he's from Russia originally, then Canada, then, uh, yeah, but, but of, of Indian descent, but yeah, from Russia. Yeah. Uh, next up, uh, Tom wrote, um, uh, how do you transition from working in the business to working on the business? Yeah, no, that's smart. Yeah, it, it, that's, that's like a Tony Robbins quote. Yeah. So, you got to, every now and then, you got to step away from your company and your life and get outside yourself and just see the forest from the trees, the bigger picture, right? And think long term and make sure you have an aggressive goal setting workshop, which I do in my MBA program a lot. And the best way to understand uh, uh, focusing um, on your business um, instead of just working in your business is to write a thorough business plan because, you know, failing to plan is planning to fail. And the, the third or fourth semesters uh, in, in my MBA program, I've got, um, I've got a, a, a venture capital boot camp. I've got my boot camp. Oh, here it is here. I've got a, a venture capital boot camp. And um, I'll replace this since Manas doesn't like my backdrop. And in the venture capital boot camp, what, what I do is um, I teach you how to start a company. And you answer a, a ton of questions as well um, during the boot camp. Uh, and, and the output is not just the business plan. But, but much more importantly, your presentation slides. But I ask you everything there is to know about your company, including making your financials, everything from scratch, in one of the gazillion templates in my MBA program. I promise you it's really helpful. Even if you already started a company, you still have to write a business plan. And if you haven't, I promise you it's the best exercise you can do. Yeah. All right. Uh, uh, next up, Abel wrote, uh, hey, Chris, hope all's well, likewise. Um, uh, I, I'm thinking about uh, investing in the stock market, cryptocurrencies. Do you teach any courses at Udemy uh, that will help me uh, how to invest? Yeah, I have um, how to pick stocks by a pro investor. It's kind of arrogant. Sorry, the, the title. I, I wish I called it something different. But just go to just search my name on, on Udemy and you'll find that uh, there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. How to pick stocks. 
called How to Pick Stocks by a Something Investor. All right, um, uh, and, and you can also, I, I've got other, there's other courses too. You might want to take, I've got one called the Complete Financial Analyst Course. Um, if you want to learn about investing from a professional perspective and how the world of finance works. Yeah, on Udemy, yeah. All right, Steve wrote, I'm probably in the older age bracket compared to many in this chat room. Now, no, dude, Steve, there, there's one dude that was uh, 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 George who's uh, 83. He's my boy. Yeah, he's been with me since the beginning here on these these, these calls. Yeah, and I have a student uh, named um, uh, his name is Michael Jordan, not not this guy here. Michael Jordan Elcock is his name. Michael Jordan Elcock, uh, and he's based uh, in Trinidad. Uh, he and his wonderful wife uh, Rosemary, and he graduated from my platinum program last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have we have all age groups in in the program. Yeah, and age is all up here anyway. Uh, and then you said I'm more in your age group, Chris. Awesome, excellence. Probably not maturity level. I've got a maturity level of a seven-year-old. Yeah, just kidding. I'm at the point now where there's certain video games my kids, kids just don't want to play with me anymore. Yeah, but when I was younger, or when when they were younger, they would say, "Daddy, can you help me on this level in Super Mario Galaxy?" And I'd be like, "Oh, fine." Twist my arm. Yeah. Actually, what I am playing with my <coughs> my kids now is there's this new Pikmin game you you guys can download, um, and it's uh. It's fun. It's like Pokemon Go, which I, I never played, uh, but it's called uh, Pikmin, and it's made by Nintendo. It's similar to Pokemon Go, and it's kind of cool. Like I'm playing with my kids, and, and what you what you do is you walk around and you plant these little uh, these seeds, and for, you can use AR as well and see. Oh my God, look at it! It just grew there, uh, and uh, it, it makes sure you get your steps in. My, my kids and I are doing it. It's called uh, Pikmin something, but check it out if you want to. Yeah. All right, um, and then uh, Steve said, um, I'm more in your age group, Chris. Um, I'm contemplating signing up for your course uh, um, uh, over life. I, I have fell through the cracks, uh, sometimes by design, sometimes accidentally. Yeah, I'm with you. And whatever it is you've been through, I'm, 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 I'm here. I'm here for you always. I'd love to have you join. Yeah, yeah. And if you join, you find it's not helpful. You get your money back all the way up until February 10th. Yeah. And there's a limited number of seats for, for Platinum, at least. Uh, but you can go there to learn more. And join me next Wednesday if you want to learn more about, about the program as well. Thank you. And, dude, don't... Like, like, Barack Obama. So I just finished his, his book recently on Audible, which is great. And he reads it himself, too. I didn't vote for him, but I like him a lot. I love him. Um, he reads it as well and it teaches you how to be a better speaker by just by listening to him talk but what Obama said was he said he was almost 40 years old and his marriage was falling apart and his political career was a disaster and he reinvented himself became became president you know a lot of people do it at, at, at our age and you know the, the average age of somebody starting a company in America now is over 50. It's 52. And as I mentioned before, the average life expectancy is up 26 years since the 1950s. So you're not 50. You're actually 24. Let me help you start over. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, and then give me one second, guys. Here's a one-minute video on the how to start over personal growth portion of the program. Different from what I showed you before. I'll be right back. Okay. Give me one minute. Thanks. Welcome to the personal growth track of the program. 
where you will develop a crystal clear image of the person and future you truly desire. You will learn how to identify and create a blueprint for the future that you want. Now, in this track, you will redefine your image of yourself and grow your confidence by pushing your limits. You'll also be able to market yourself far more effectively because you will have developed the inner belief that fuels your dreams. You will gain improved communication skills that will have a lasting positive impact, both personally and professionally, for the rest of your life, so that you can get the dream job or change careers or get promoted and so much more. Get the confidence and tools you need to create the life that you want. Make the best decision you can make for your future and join me. Thank you. All right, different hair back then, eh? Okay. All right, uh, next up I've got, and thank you everyone for your patience there. Um, uh, next up I've got uh, Marin. Marin, how are you? Marin is in my, my platinum program this year. She's wonderful, she's family. She's from Kenya originally. Uh, she lives in the United Kingdom and she's starting a couple companies on the side. And there's one of them that I wanna put on this webcast at some point as a, as a case study, uh, as it's gonna be huge. Uh, but, but Marin actually, so she's from, from Kenya and we're gonna build a school in Kenya. That's our next country uh, in honor of, of Leah, her, her mother, uh, who's looking at her right now, very proud and, and with love in her heart. Okay, so let's go here to uh, Project Magoo. I'll show you here. So Magoo, this here is, um, we're, we're building a school in Rwanda. It's taking a little bit longer than expected because of, uh, of COVID. Um, and that's us, we were doing the first uh, dig here. Uh, that, that's me, that's Vital, one of my platinum students from last year. And it's my son, Andrew, actually, it's fun, yeah. So we're building one in, in Kenya, uh, uh, called the, the, the Leah Koros Memorial School. Uh, in honor of Marin's mother. Um, yeah, and there's all of us there. <laughs> we had so much fun. And so I went there this past summer and I brought Andrew as well. We, we flew there, we had to get 8 million COVID tests and stuff. And Andrew had them laughing so hard, uh, the, the beautiful children there, uh, <laughs> because he actually used his iPhone and showed them Snapchat filters on their, oh my God, they were laughing so hard. It, it, was, it was funny. And I met uh, Vital at a in Berlin at a, at a Udemy event a, year, a couple of years ago. Yeah, great guy. And when I met him, I fell in love with the guy, man. His family, he's great. Um, and so I, um, uh, it, it, I, I told him, we're gonna build a school together. And because I said it, I had to make it happen. I was like, oh my God, I gotta do it now, how? Yeah, yeah. but great guy, he's, he's family. And so is, so is uh, uh, Marin, and Marin, Marin and I are gonna build a school uh, along with her, um, her dad, whose name is Samson. I remember that name, best name ever. Yeah, and her dad is it lives in Kenya, and Marin is actually uh, in the United Kingdom now. Yeah, uh, and so uh, Marin wrote, uh, "Hey Chris, hope you're well. Uh, good to catch up here. Looking forward to office hours. Greeting uh, from 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 Samson. Excellent, great. Good to see you, Samson, as well. Yeah, yeah. And you met. That's right. You mentioned Marin. You're going to be going back to, uh, uh, to to Kenya as well. Good to see you. Yeah. And and Samson, high five. How are you? And a big hug." I'm looking forward to meeting you as well when I come to Kenya. Yeah, thank you. Okay. Um, and then Han wrote, uh, I love your crypto course. Thank you a lot. You're most welcome, Han. And Han, you, you'll love this. So my, my son, Dylan, he's my, my, my youngest child. Um, when, when he was born, we didn't want the, my two older boys to be jealous. 
And so we wanted them to, you know, approve of the name. And so uh, we wanted to name, uh, I wanted to name Dylan uh, Luke. And well, first of all, my wife said, Chris, if it was up to you, our kids would be called Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But I wanted to call him Luke. And uh, uh, my other kids threw a fit. They said, I don't want baby brother to be named Luke. I want to name him Han Solo, which would have been the most dope name ever. So we, his name is Dylan, but yeah, yeah. But Han, you've got the coolest name ever, other brother. Yeah, yeah. All right, next up, I got Malik. Malik, how are you? Um, and I went to school with a guy named Malik at, at, at McGill years ago. Yeah, yeah, great guy. I think he's from Pakistan. Yeah, we used to party together. So Malik wrote, hey, Chris, uh, I signed up yesterday for the 2022 uh, MBA degree program, gold version. Awesome, awesome. Uh, thank you, and I'm looking forward to having you. And if you feel at any point that it's not adding tremendous value, you get 100% of your money back between today and one month after we start, meaning a month after January 10th, February 10th. Yeah, yeah. You wrote here, uh, other th 300 hours pre-recorded? If yes, can I start watching the lectures uh, before January of 2022? A lot of people are asking me that. No, uh, not yet, not yet, because I do make changes uh, to update them as well. Yeah, and I'm changing a couple things about the curriculum this year. Yeah, um, so just, I, I would wait until then. Yeah, but tons of people are asking me that. Yeah. All right, next up, hey, Rose, how are you? Uh, Rose actually is one of my, uh, she graduated from my MBA program last year uh, in the Platinum program. She's from the great state of Virginia. She's great. She's awesome. She understands the clothing business well. Um, she's written a lot about um, Amazon Merchant Services. Uh, she also understands the music business and the art business very well as well. She's awesome. She was the head of the yearbook committee last year. This year, the torch has been passed from Rose Luck to um, uh, uh, Christina uh, in my class, Christina Hong, who's great. And so Rose is writing something. To, I usually don't read other people's comments, but I will here uh, when you do it to each other. You wrote, at Steve... Uh, I'm 22. Many of my classmates in Chris's uh, MBA program last year were 30 or older. Age is nothing. Uh, you still have time uh, on this earth uh, to make your mark. It's not too late. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you, Rose. I miss you. Hope you're doing well. All right. Um, oh, and Rose, you asked me before about um, helping you with your business plan. So, so there's there's gold and platinum members for life. You can join the MBA only office hours. Uh, which actually, um, it's it's every Thursday at 11.20. Um, so, Rose, why don't you sign up? Why don't you log on uh, and then uh, ask the first question? And if you want, we can go through your business plan for two hours together uh, over Zoom. Yeah, thanks. And, and by the way, anybody that signs up, you're welcome to join any classes every year in the future as well. Um, yeah. All right, cool. And anytime I release new material, y'all get it for free forever. Everybody does. Yeah. Okay. Um, and next up, Manos wrote, uh, my mentor, uh, you can hide your crypto's output by using a German wallet instead of Binance, as the German ones are against giving the IRS information about the miners and crypto traders. Yeah. The, the problem is if you get audited, uh, they'll find it. They'll find a way to find every sort of uh, money transfer. You know, in the past, because of anti-money laundering rules, if you did transactions of $10,000 or more, you had, to, you had to register it with the government. But now everything is tracked. Yeah. Yeah. All right. And then uh, Shahroon wrote, uh, hi, Chris. Hey, how are you? Good to see you. And I've got Rawl, Rawl wrote here, uh, with the new regulations for cryptos, do you think that will favor cryptos when it comes to international transactions between currency exchange worldwide? I do. I do. If there's some sort of loose regulation 
um, I, I think it helps out tremendously uh, in terms of, of, of more people using cryptos, right? If there's some sort of benefit to people knowing that the likelihood of them getting scammed goes down um, through regulation, then I think more people use it, which is a net positive. Yeah. Okay, next up, uh, Hardik uh, wrote here, uh, what do you think about uh, uh, Shiba? Uh, Shiba Inu, yeah, that crypto. Yeah, I, I don't have any thoughts, I'm sorry, yeah. But if you take my cryptocurrency course from my MBA program, uh, where I have a much more updated version of, of the crypto stuff, um, I, I give you a 49-step uh, uh, framework for analyzing cryptocurrencies, kind of like how investment bankers think of making an S1 uh, investment offering memorandum. Yeah, just be careful with that stuff too, because most cryptos are a scam, dude. Yeah. Um, and I worked so hard in the crypto stuff in that course, uh, the complete cryptocurrency course. I hired this guy to proofread and help me out a lot. And he was a rock star, man. Like he was unbelievable. And what happened was after I published the course, what happened was there was a knock on my door at the front door. And I answered the door and it was the NSA. And they came in and sat down. It was one guy actually came in and sat down. I was, I put on my depends. And I was scared. I was like, oh my God, what did I do? I, don't, I never do anything wrong. I never get caught for doing anything wrong. No. And, and he said, uh, yeah, there's a guy I want to ask you about. And he asked me about this certain person. And it was the guy that I hired to do the, uh, uh, to proofread my stuff. And the NSA never told me why they were doing this check. But I'm pretty sure it's because they were looking to hire that guy. I think. That's how good he is. Yeah. And so, oh, I, I was so relieved when the NSA dude said that when he was in my house. Yeah. And I took off my depends. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Sharun said, please guide us about the, 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 the career opportunities. Uh, uh, the career opportunities, sure. Uh, about uh, market research uh, industries. Yeah. So I, I think what you're referring to is um, the role of an analyst. Uh, and so whenever you do market research on a sector... Uh, it's usually an, analytic, uh, an analyst type role. Uh, and so usually what happens when it comes to Wall Street, at least, is these big investment banks. Um, if, if you want to go on television and, and opine and be the thought leader expert on a specific sec sector of the industry or the markets, um, that's called an analyst role. And so you enter in as a junior analyst and you do a lot of administrative work like updating uh, Excel financial models, et cetera. And then eventually, once you understand the quantitative side, of being an analyst and the qualitative side and how to sell, then you get promoted to being uh, the lead analyst to represent a sector, like the software sector or internet sector. And then you come up with target prices on stocks and you make a lot of money and you're on CNBC and all these TV shows. Yeah, yeah. But if you want, what you can do is just do a search on a day in the life of an analyst uh, or a day in the life of a hedge fund analyst and I have a very long YouTube video I created, which is a cartoon. I used Powtoons years ago. All right. And actually, if you guys want to learn all about finance and every kind of finance job there, there is out there, um, what you can do is uh, just, just go to my, my, my YouTube channel. Uh, I'll show you. There, there's a, a, a short cartoon explains everything. It's kind of fun too, man. Yeah. All right. So let's see here. Um, videos. And we're coming up in 50,000. That'll be fun. Uh, and then I'm going to sort by most popular, I guess. Yeah, here, here it is here. Yeah, yeah. So uh, this here is, uh, it tells you about all the different financial analyst roles uh, uh, from investment banking, banking hedge funds, etc. Uh, 
but it tells you about this this dude that takes this company public, yada yada. And, and it's a four minute video. Again, I made it using uh, Powtoons, uh, and it'll explain how all this stuff works. Except he did not get a date at the end. He asked this gorgeous woman out. She said, "I have three problems. One is, what do I do with all that money?" Right. Uh, and then a, a private wealth analyst tells him what to do with all that money. Right. He made a billion. Um, and then he's got another problem as well. Uh, there's three problems he has. Hurry up, George. What's the problem? My second problem is my company is so big, I need to hire someone to monitor all of my accounting and finance stuff. And so Barbara, the big company analyst, helps out with that as well. My third problem is I need a date. Do you have dinner plans? Right? Um, and then see what she says. No, I don't date nerds like you. I didn't get very many dates when I was younger. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, you can watch this video if you want to. It's, it's kind of fun and self-deprecating as well, which is my style. Okay. Okay. Uh, and then Steve wrote here, um, Steve, who's, who's my age, my boy. Steve wrote, uh, didn't Chinese leadership crack down on all crypto mining and shut all private miners down? They did. They did. But they, it's, they still can't monitor everything through VPNs. And I actually have a, a bunch of my students taking my MBA program and taking other courses through other websites. They're in China, but they use a VPN. Yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, next up, uh, Mo8363 uh, wrote, uh, hey, Chris, uh, your live lessons are so valuable and worth so much, uh, so much more audiences. Yes. Thank you. Maybe a theme every session w would be keywords would make it more searchable. Thanks. Yeah, we do that still. We do. Yeah. But I refuse to take any sponsorships from any companies. And I've been offered, like I was in discussions like a year or two ago um, with uh, Forbes magazine to make it the Forbes Haroon MBA program. And we didn't do that, thank God. Yeah, I won't do any sponsorships because the second I start taking sponsorships, then I don't put you, my student, first. It's kind of like video game websites. And video game websites, a lot of them, um, what they'll do is they'll, they'll do reviews on, on video games. And Microsoft's a big advertiser on a lot of these video game websites. And so they never say negative things about Microsoft video games, like Halo, which is, oh my God, how many Halos can they make? It's getting boring now. So I always want to put my customer, my student, the customer first, and nobody else. Yeah. So that, that's, that's my focus. And yeah, it's hurt growth. A lot. But I can't, I, I just can't do it. And I do get approached a lot um, to market stuff uh, over, over my YouTube channel. You know, I've got a, a lot of pretty attractive, uh, financial, financially attractive based um, uh, inbounds. I just can't do it. Yeah. Because the second this becomes only about money is the second you guys should go somewhere else. Yeah. And my staff and I, we go back and forth on that too, but no, the answer is no. All right. Um, uh, uh, next, next up, uh, uh, Nima wrote, hi, Chris, uh, do you recommend getting familiar with algorithmic trading as a retail investor? Uh, thank you so much. It's tricky. It's tricky. If, if you want to learn more about that, um, there's a hedge fund uh, called Renaissance, uh, and, and their average return since the 1980s using algorithmic trading has been over 60% on a gross basis. And so what you can do is just go to my YouTube channel and uh, you can search for more details here. Hedge fund. Um, hold on a second. Here it is here. 
So uh, hedge funds and artificial intelligence. And I talk about how the number one hedge fund in the world makes a fortune every year, Renaissance Technologies. And if you want to learn a little bit about trading first, make sure you're passionate about it. Start off with Excel and just mess around with uh, Excel formulas. And if you're interested uh, in analyzing data that way, then move on to Python. And then think about merging that with your passion for finance. Yeah. So I got a lot of, I guess a lot of stuff here in finance. And this is a day in the life of a hedge fund uh, analyst as well. Yeah. That was a fun one to make. All right. All right. Next up, uh, Gamer for Fun, GFF, uh, wrote, um, uh, I'm a student. Should I invest in, uh, uh, in a graphics card for crypto mining? Yeah. Do the research first. Like, you can take my, my, my crypto course. Um, I actually have, instead of buying my crypto course, I don't buy it. Let me, let me show you something else you can do. Okay. Um, so, uh, you can go to, go to my YouTube channel. And um, let's go to all my videos here. And what I want you to do is I have a, a six hour version of that, one of my crypto courses. Um, and my crypto course thing is like 24 hours, but it's right here. Yeah. So um, you can take this here and I figure out the algorithm. I think I got this to number one in almost every country in the world for, for a while there uh, without advertising. People say I look like Tony Danza there. I don't know why, but what you can do is, is, is you can take this. Okay. Um, and this will tell you in this lesson here, I'll explain a lot of details on um, when I was younger, <laughs> um, exactly um, how to calculate if it's worth it for you to mine cryptos in your country. Okay, so for example, looking at uh, the kilowatt cost per hour. And if, if you find that it is beneficial based on what, what I teach you uh, in the course, um, then, then what I recommend you do is, um, yeah, is, is you actually assemble your own mining PC, but make sure that it's, it's cheap enough for you to be able to do, meaning from a kilowatt hour perspective. You, you can jump here to this per portion here in the course, yeah, uh, in this video, yeah. All right. And then uh, Steve, Steve wrote uh, regarding uh, uh, communist communism. Um, that's not communist. That's just a downright tyranny. Uh, what the Chinese leadership is doing and, and what's going on in Australia. I hear you. Like I, I'm seeing a lot of protests in, in Australia right now. Um, and I hope it never gets violent, obviously, but I like it when people voice their opinions because it keeps governments in check. Like here in the United States, like, again, I, I, I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I got vaccinated. Uh, but, um, I respect the opinions of the anti-vaxxers because what if they're right? You know, what if we rushed through all of this and we all got vaccinated and we did it carelessly to the extent that the vaccines don't work or there are side effects and there are certain side effects. Like I've actually had a side effect from the Pfizer one, uh, which is uh, my, my couple of my toes. I can't really feel they're a little bit numb. It's okay. Maybe it's because I'm walking a lot. Who knows? Um, and I've had other students of mine say they've had similar experiences. Yeah. So um, I, I, I certainly respect everyone's opinion, um, even the anti-vaxxers. I'm not an anti-vaxxer, but I respect their opinion. And it's good to have debate. It's healthy as long as there's, you know, no violence through riots, etc. Uh, but I think it's healthy to have people on, on both sides. Yeah. All right. My screen just froze there for a second. Hmm. All right. 
Okay, ne uh, next up, uh, Rajesh uh, uh, said here, uh, hello, sir, Chris, please. Good morning, uh, wish you have a good day. Uh, sorry, I can't stay here uh, till the end. Uh, here in India, the time is late. Uh, I'll watch it tomorrow. Nice to see you uh, today. Thank you. And we also have, uh, a lot of people don't realize this, and I don't don't really market it, but um, we also have a uh, a podcast. And so I, I re-syndicate all this stuff. I repurpose it. There's nothing left in the carcass by the time I'm done with, with, with this weekly call. Uh, but what you can do is if you go to my website, you can go to Aboot Chris. Um, and then down here, there is a podcast here. It's usually a week or so behind, I think. Uh, I've never actually listened to it. Uh, but you can get it. Um, yeah, we have, look at this. They, they've been doing it every week for a while now. Yeah. Um, so if we go here to listen on Apple or Spotify, I don't know. How does that work? You click here and, and you listen to it. Yeah. Yeah. And nine of my family members probably wrote ratings here as well. Yeah. All right. All right. Next up, Christoph, uh, uh, who's my boy from Canada, right? I think so. Yeah. Tell me more about yourself, man. And, and by the way, I kind of got off, off track here for a second, but we share the same name. And what happened was this a couple thousand years ago. In ancient times, they didn't have bridges, right? Because it was too expensive. And so they had this person named a Topher. And a Topher would carry somebody across the river, right? The Jordan River, whatever it was. And so one day, this, this five-year-old kid said, um, Mr. Topher, that's the name of the profession, a Topher, carry me across the river, please. And he did it. And so he's got this five-year-old kid in his back the most perfect child in history. And he's walking the kid across the water. And it's getting heavier, heavier, and heavier. He's like, what's going on? I, I, I have to give up. I have to give up. And he persisted and said, I can't give up. I have to walk this child to the other side. And so he did so. And he put the child down very gently on the other side. And somebody said, congratulations, you just carried the, the Christ child. And so that name, profession, went from being Topher to Christopher, Christopher. All right. Um, and if your name is Nick, you, it's because when your dad was thinking what name to, to name you, he, he, he was shaving. Okay. All right. Next up, uh, Steve wrote, I, I never walked outside without a mask uh, on my face. If COVID is that virulent and that someone can breathe fresh air, uh, then it's all over and no mask would have ever helped uh, in the first place. Yeah. I wear a mask, like I have a mask always in my back pocket. Um, I'm wearing my Lululemon pants. I know I look all formal and stuff, but I'm wearing these pants here, but there's actually a hole in the knee too. But I always have a, a mask, right? Uh, in, in both pockets, I think I have two of them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, I always have it on here because like sometimes I'll, with my kids, cause, you know, my kids are in, in school and stuff. You know, I'll hear them cough and stuff in the house. House. Uh, and, and, you know, when I hear that and I'm in the kitchen, I'll just, I'll throw this on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I have gotten both uh, vaccinations, Pfizer. Yeah. But we know that um, once you get Pfizer in these vaccines, every month that goes by, the efficacy, meaning how well it works, goes down 10%, which is why boosters exist. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and Christoph said, uh, good old Mark Twain quote. Oh, I love Mark Twain. Yeah. Uh, and some, they got to make a movie about Mark Twain. I don't know who would play him. It'd be a great movie, eh? Yeah. Um, so uh, it's easier to fool people than to convince them that they've been fooled. 
oh, you're talking about my, my whole marketing campaign for my MBA uh, program. I totally, I know exactly what you mean. Uh, yeah. No, great quote. I've never heard that one before. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then Peyton wrote, what up, fam? Good to see you, Peyton. Hope you're doing well. Uh, Peyton's one of my amazing MBA students. Uh, and then Peyton responded to the email, too, if, if you're interested in that gig. Yeah, yeah. Okay. All right, next up, I got Richard, uh, uh, who said, uh, very disappointed, unsubscribing forever, having previously bought courses from you to come back for the first time in two years and hear you sponsoring the crap out of questioning vaccines. Goodbye. <laughs> okay. Bye, Richard. All right. I don't think I've ever had a comment like that here. Okay. Bye, Richard. I'll miss you. But I just deleted you from this as well. Okay. Francesco, how are you? Good to see you. All right. Uh, 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 whoa. Okay. All right. So P Peter wrote here, uh, Chris, uh, this is my uh, last question uh, and I have to go. No soccer match this time. Uh, do you think that uh, from your personal experience, if we started um, smiling every day, our lives will get better? Thanks a lot. Yeah. Well, let me tell you one thing, man. Richard just put a massive smile on my face. He just made my day. Thank you. So yeah, absolutely, man. Yeah. I think the happier we are, the, the longer we live. Yeah. And, and I find humor in everything. Almost everything, yeah. Like Richard, put a smile on my face. All right, next up, we've got uh, Paul, who wrote LOL. Uh, and then um, uh, Francesco said, it's a big pleasure for me. Uh, and then <laughs> Peyton said, you're, you're too kind. Yeah, great to see you, buddy. Great to see you. All right, next up, uh, Bichelle, um, who doesn't hate me like Richard. Just kidding. Richard, I love you. But I also blocked you. Yeah. Okay, so Richard said, hey, Chris, uh, online platforms are killing our small-scale business. Uh, any uh, way out uh, to stand? Any way to stand out? Yeah, let me think about this. It's hard, man. It's tough. It's like, like competing with Amazon if you're a retailer is murder. And so what a lot of retailers have done is they've kind of embraced Amazon. They've started selling their stuff on Amazon. So I don't know exactly what your business is. But if there's a way that you can distribute your product on other online platforms, that would probably help a lot. You know, like, like for example, Etsy. You know, a, a lot of people that own antique stores and stuff or made customized products, they were worried that Etsy would put them out of business and they just joined Etsy. They sell their products on that platform. So that's, that's what I would do. I would embrace other platforms and start selling your product that way. And if you want, Bashal, what you can do is tell me right here uh, exactly what... So I'm still laughing about Richard. Thank you, Richard. Vishal, if you want, what you can do is you can share with me what your business is here. Um, and, and I can actually help you brainstorm in real time here. Thank you. All right, next up, Ellie. <laughs> uh, Ellie wrote, uh, Chris, can Silver MBAs indicate uh, uh, the Haroon MBA program on their LinkedIn profile? Uh, how's it done? Yeah, a lot of people have done it. You can go check it out. Yeah, just do a search on, on LinkedIn. There's, I think, a couple hundred people have put it on their profile uh, as, as graduates, yeah. Rudy, how are you? Rudy, and I, Rudy, I think you were joining the MBA program or, or, or your name looks familiar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, so uh, Rudy wrote, uh, what's the best investment during interest rate hikes? Yeah. So I own a lot of tips now. 
Uh, TIP stands for Treasury Inflation Protected Securities. And basically what that is, is it's, it's government debt, which means it's low risk, that goes up every year. Or if, if, if inflation goes up, it goes up just as much. So you're protected. Hence the name, Treasury Inflation Protected Securities. Yeah. Okay. Lionel wrote, uh, welcome, uh, Olivier. Good, good to see you. All right. Uh, next up, we got Mike. Uh, give me one second. Get some, some breakfast here. All right. Next up, we got Mike. He wrote, hey, Chris, the traditional financial advice uh, was that owning your home is a good investment. Definitely. Absolutely. Best investment you can make. But more and more, you hear of high-profile investors like Grant Cardone and James Altucher, to name a couple, saying that this is no longer applying and you should rent. What are your thoughts? Yeah, no, I, I, don't, I don't agree with that at all. Uh, but I respect that opinion. It's different. Um, so um, look at it this way. Calculate how much money you'd be spending on renting right now. Multiply that by 12 months and then multiply that by 50. That's how much money you're flushing down the toilet. And it's millions and millions of dollars over 50 years. Just run the numbers, you'll see. Yeah. Uh, and so the earlier you can buy a house, the better. For me, I couldn't buy my first apartment until I was in my 30s. You know, and it takes people sometimes longer, sometimes earlier. But the tax benefits in almost every country for owning your house are amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't agree with them, but I respect their opinion. Yeah. Okay. Jabbar wrote, uh, I've tried asking this question three times. Okay. During the last webcast and today, thank you for explaining the URL issue. Uh, I think I'm trying to evaluate uh, this news. I own NKD stock. And then you wrote here, Naked Brand Group. Okay. That's the ticker for it. And privately held... Uh, Centro Automotive Group, a leading commercial stage EV technology company. They announced a definitive stock-for-stock stock acquisition agreement. Will I lose my stock? Central holders will get seven to three. How does that affect me? And that rhymed, yeah. Um, yeah, so the way I'll, I'll speak generically because I haven't looked through the tea leaves or, or read that 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 press release of the 8K on, on, on the agreement. But usually when... When one company buys another and you are a shareholder in the company getting acquired, if it's an all-cash deal, you get cash, of course. If it's a share deal, what happens is you get shares in the company that made the acquisition. So let's say that, and they usually tell you the exact amount of shares. And it's usually a decimal-based one. So it's like 2.5 shares for every one share you own or whatever it is. And what happens is once the deal has been completed and the government has approved the deal, many countries you have to wait six months for government approval, then what happens is you'll no longer own the shares in the stock of that company you owned initially. But what will go into your account is two and a half shares for every share you owned in this one here. That's how it works. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay, uh, next, Jabber wrote, uh, how can I invest in a privately held company uh, like uh, Centro? How can I evaluate to see if I should buy or sell? Like what information should I look at in the prospectus uh, or the VIX, et cetera? Yeah, yeah. Um, so with private companies, it's, it's hard to invest. They're not liquid. They don't trade on markets. 
And so the only way to invest would be to approach the company itself. Or what you can do is approach a company or a person that already owns shares. And even then it's hard. And I did this years ago when I invested in Palantir when it was a private company. I bought somebody else's shares. And in order to do so, I had to get approval from the board of Palantir and Peter Thiel. And the board always has a ROFR, R-O-F-R, in place. What that means is this. They have a right of first refusal to decide if this person should be an investor or not. So it's a little bit, it's a little bit tougher, but it can be done. Yeah. All right. Um, and then you wrote, how should I evaluate to see if I should buy or sell? Like what information should I, should I look at in the prospectus? Yeah. Uh, and then you wrote, or VIX. It has nothing not to do with the VIX because it's a private company. Um, and the VIX is just kind of a macro indicator for the S&P. But what you can do for any investment, whether it's public or private, you can ask for an investment offering memorandum, which is a legal document that lawyers create, which tells you all the pros and cons and the risks mainly in the deal. And if you try to invest in something and they don't have an investment offer memorandum, then don't invest. And because cryptocurrencies, they don't have investment offering memorandums. They might have a tiny little white paper, which is tough to understand for me, at least because it's all math stuff. But when it comes to cryptocurrencies, it'd be nice if there was an investment offer memorandum or an S1. And that's why in my cryptocurrency course, I give you a 49-step framework. And it's all based on an S1 anyway, investment offering memorandum. So you can do your own research, yeah. All right. Uh, and then Rudy said, uh, where are your questions coming from? Mainly Richard. Yeah, yeah. Richard was kind of being a dick, eh? All right. Um, no, anywhere, I guess. Anybody wants to ask questions. I, I don't, I, I read everything, as, as you know. Right. Yeah, yeah. All right. Next up, the Financial Advisor Show uh, wrote, uh, Chris, in which course on Udemy is the full company Excel tool that gives output to 150 pages available? Yeah, it's it's actually, it's only my, my MBA program. Yeah. All right. Uh, next one is, uh, do you know, uh, oops, hold on a second here, guys. It's jumped on me. All right, next one is, uh, do you know a good course to learn a domain flipping? I don't, I don't. I don't know if it's a really lucrative business. Um, I've been trying to buy Haroon.com for, for years, actually since the 90s. It's, it's owned by this very wealthy Saudi family that won't sell it for any amount of money. It's killing me. But I've actually hired domain flipping companies to try to get it for me from other perspectives. It doesn't work. Yeah, it's hard. I've tried other websites too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, All right, next up, uh, uh, Bodhi Wonful uh, said, thank you for your videos, they're very helpful. You're most welcome. Oh, Melody in the house, how are you? Melody is one of my amazing students, uh, one of my gold students this year uh, from, from Atlanta. And, and Melody, I, I missed you in Atlanta. I met with Eileen Dale Gracias, uh, one of our platinum graduates when I was there. Uh, but when I was there, um, I got a, a bunch of stuff about Coca-Cola because my options course uh, and the stuff is coming to the MBA program uh, soon. Um, I, I talk a lot about Coca-Cola. And I was told, Eileen, who's one of our platinum students, I actually met with her when I, when I was there, actually in the CNN building, in the lobby, because CNN was closed then. Uh, but she told me, Chris, whatever you do, when you go out to dinner, don't ask for a Pepsi. Because, you know, in Coke, Coke was founded in Atlanta. And so, of course, my son and I, we asked for Pepsis. And you, you don't do that. It's not, it's not cool. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but great to see you, Mel. I hope you're doing well. Yeah. 
Uh, and so uh, Melody wrote, uh, Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Uh, I know it's early. Uh, Chris, I, I wish you and your, your family a fantastic Thanksgiving. Uh, I've been working hard. Awesome. Awesome. Gr great to see. I hope you're doing well. Hope you're doing well. And I hope you can fly out for, for uh, the alumni event on December 18th. If you can't, don't worry. We're going to webcast it, and we're going to do this every year as well. Thanks. Yeah. And Richard might come too. Yeah. yeah. All right. Next up, um, uh, I'll give him a big hug without a mask on. So Owen wrote here. I'm just kidding about that. Uh, I put on my Depends LOL. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for somebody understanding that. Yeah, yeah. All right, Melody wrote, uh, in the middle of a launch for Black Friday and spinning off uh, onto a new review channel uh, on YouTube, uh, this one will, will be to help new creators. Awesome, awesome. And so Melody has a bunch of, of, of courses, books, uh, YouTube videos, et cetera. She's a teacher. She's great. She's great. She uses an M Canon M50 camera, which is working out great for her as well. Yeah, yeah mirrorless camera. Uh, and then you wrote, uh, no more loving literacy. Oh, you're shutting that one down. Okay. I noticed not too many people have been interested in the reading program. Uh, so I'm pivoting to teaching tools for creators. Very cool. That's, that makes sense because it's a much bigger total addressable market too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and I'm glad you did that loving literacy thing too because it probably probably helped you understand uh, a better go-to-market strategy as well uh, and distribution channels online. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right. Next up, I've got uh, Owen uh, wrote here in international finance. Uh, there's a theory called uh, impossible trinity, huh? Which essentially states that fiat currencies, meaning paper-based currencies, cannot have exchange rate stability, full financial integration or monetary independence. Yeah. 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 Um, huh. Yeah. I've, I've, I've never, I've never heard of that. It's interesting though. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. So when it comes to exchange rate stability, um, if, if you're a variable, if you have a variable rate currency, um, obviously you, the only way to stabilize your currency is use an endless amount of money to buy or sell bonds. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and then Gamer for Fun wrote, I'm from India and here graphics card prices are too high. Uh, what should I, I do? I, I'm not getting one. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's hard. So video gamers hate uh, cryptocurrency miners and vice versa because what happens is um, when cryptos go up a lot, um, you know, more crypto miners uh, buy more graphics cards to mine cryptos. You need a graphics card to mine cryptos, more so than any other computer component. A good one, that is. Um, and, and so, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's tough, though. It's hard. And remember, for ages, you couldn't find any NVIDIA graphics cards online. You just couldn't buy. I mean, there's a supply uh, shortage globally anyway for everything. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm with you. I'm with you. I would just wait till they come down, I, I guess. You can buy used ones too. Just be careful. Make sure there's a money back policy with that. Yeah. Okay. Speaking of gaming, Mina is in the house. Mina, how are you? Mina is one of my platinum students this year. She is from Greece. Uh, she's awesome. And she knows way more about graphics cards and computer assembly than I ever will. Uh, so you can always ask her. Good to see you. Okay. Um, and Owen is saying, could cryptos change this impossible trinity? Uh, what you're referring to before. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's so many different ways to slice and dice it. 
And the reason so many cryptos exist is because there's a lot of money involved, but also each crypto, new one that comes out, that's reputable, is supposed to fix a limitation that earlier ones have. So Bitcoin's very slow. So uh, somebody created Litecoin, which is a bit faster. Um, Bitcoin is not as much of a platform uh, it's, uh, when, it, when it comes to uh, non-crypto-based transactions. So Ethereum was created, which is, yeah. All right. Uh, uh, Cyrus wrote, hello, Chris. Uh, nice to see you. Uh, thanks to your resume course. I wrote my resume and I had my interview yesterday. They, they offered me a salary during the interview. Great. Awesome. Congratulations. Very happy to hear that. I'm happy for you. You made my day. Thank you. Well, Richard did, but you did too. Thanks. All right. Uh, Owen wrote here, uh, given the metaverse is getting so much PR, it seems almost inevitable that adoption will happen. To my knowledge, the main space uh, for the metaverse is Decentraland. Uh, I'm curious, uh, what's your take on, on metaverse? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, and I've done videos on this too. You can do a search. Just go to my, my, my website at the top there. Haroon Ventures, do a search on metaverse. Um, so it's going to happen. I think it's going to take longer than we think. Um, it's, it's this esoteric concept of how do we interact with each other online? Um, using VR and AR. And I have Oculus Quest, which Facebook owns, right? I, I have that product. Um, and and when, you, when you first boot up Oculus Quest, you're in this home room. You're, it's like your living room. And there's a fireplace there, a nice view of a mountain over here, uh, and then a bunch of screens, right? And you can watch Netflix together or play games, whatever. The games are only okay. They're not that developed yet, but they're fun. And so when Mark Zuckerberg uh, talked about uh, what is the metaverse and what does it mean, um, basically what he did in that entire video, which is like an hour and a half long, was it was a high-level overview. And the examples he gave were him. It was kind of like in Oculus. I, I could see that the, the environment looked like you're, you're in Oculus in that main living room area. And he doesn't know what it's going to look like yet. Nobody does. But it's, it's going to happen. But we just don't know yet. We don't know. Yeah. Yeah. So, but I think it's going to take longer than we think. A lot longer. Yeah. And investors are, are dying to invest in pure plays and they're tough to find. Um, but I think what will happen is people will find out the name of a chip that goes into VR headsets and that stock will go up a gazillion times. Look for that one. I promise you it'll work out for you. But for now, people are investing in NVIDIA or ATI, which are graphics card companies, uh, as, as metaverse plays. Yeah. I think it'll take longer. Yeah. But I believe in it. I do. To the extent that it's something I'm working on. I'm not going to reveal exactly what it is yet, but I'm working on it for about two years. So that with my MBA program, it's online. Meaning you can virtually talk to each other. Like with World of Warcraft circa 2005. Yeah. But I'm still working on it. Yeah. All right. Um, all right. Okay, cool. So Owen wrote, uh, great authenticity and transparency. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Cool. All right. Uh, now Cyrus wrote, uh, Chris, uh, your resume course has helped me so much. I'm just starting uh, my MBA with you. I can tell you, that I, can, I, I can tell the value of it. Thank you. Uh, I'm really looking forward to real estate and option trading class, which is great. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, you, and yeah, the MBA program is great. And, and you'll love it because um, I'll send out an email first so that you'll know exactly how to access the option stuff. Now, the options part of the curriculum, I think it might be 30 hours or so. It's a lot of work. 
um, but it's going to be uh, it's going to be an elective. So it'll be included around class 89, but the quizzes won't go into your final grade for it. It'll be an elective. It'll make more sense when I send out the email as well. You'll see. Yeah. Thank you. You'll love it. It's the hardest thing I've ever worked on, and you're most welcome. Yeah. Christos, my boy. All right. Uh, next up, Raul wrote, uh, I just finished uh, lesson 1.5 on crypto uh, training. Uh, there are a lot of cryptos uh, below a, a, a penny, a penny, yeah, uh, but millions in shares. Uh, do you think these cryptos will reach a, a penny or even a dollar amount one day? Yeah, it, it's so hard to know. Um, it, it's it's like saying, will a penny stock go up? Um, you have to do a lot of research on it. And so in my, my crypto course, I have a, in my MBA program, much more updated version of it. I have 49 steps, uh, 49 step framework that will help you understand uh, the underlying fundamentals. So you can do research always. Yeah, And I always pride myself on, 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 on giving a person a fish. Uh, or pardon me, I always pride myself on, on teaching somebody a fish instead of giving them a fish. Because um, if you give someone a fish to eat for a day, you teach them how to fish, they humbly eat for a lifetime. Yeah. All right, next up, Mike wrote, FYI on smiling. I read that you visualize yourself smiling. If you do, your inner smile, you, you'll be shocked by the positive response you'll get from others. It's so true. It's so true. Yeah. And a lot of people, when they when they teach online, what they do is they have a little um, sticky note, a post-it note, and they draw on it a smiley face and they put it right below the camera. So I always remember to smile. And if you try, I promise you, if you get a pen and you draw a happy face, as you draw the smile, you'll start smiling. So subconsciously, I completely agree with you. Yeah. All right. Uh, Steve wrote, I think Amazon should be broken up. I completely agree. Uh, the ju justification I have to support, what I'm saying is that any company that can significantly cause prices or goods to change is potential monopoly. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I completely agree. Uh, and I've talked a lot about this, Steve, as well on my, my webcast. You can do a search on Amazon over, over the years. It should be broken up. It's too powerful. It's too powerful. And it should be broken up into two companies, Amazon Web Services and everything else. And the problem is the United States government is they're trying to look at breaking up five or six internet companies and it's taken them forever. Like try, try fighting with, you know, an army of lawyers from the five or six richest companies in the world. They should just take one and go after one. Start with Facebook. Yeah. Yeah. And Facebook knows that too. And that's one of the many reasons why they rebrand themselves as meta because they know that all those assets they have are going to be separate companies. Same thing with, uh, with Google. They rebranded themselves years ago as, as Alphabet. Why? They know they're going to get broken up. They own the two biggest search engines in the world, Google and YouTube. It's just a matter of time. The government should go after one company at a time uh, in order to get it done faster and set a legal precedent. First one being Facebook, of course, yeah. All right, hold on a second. All right, uh, next up I got uh, Dello said, hey Chris, uh, how's the crypto documentary coming along? Uh, when can we expect it? Yeah, so I, I never actually started. I got approached, right? It was for Netflix. Uh, but, um, and one of my videographers before. Uh, but um, not yet. Not yet. I just don't have time. I, I want to put my students first and create content for my students. Yeah, yeah. But I'll do something like that soon. Yeah, I love documentaries. Yeah. All right, give me a second. 
Yeah. And then Christoph wrote, um, uh, Chris, earlier, it sounded like uh, you're dealing with something, maybe a little bit sick. Uh, get well soon, bro. Take care. God bless. Thanks. Yeah. No, I, it, although I sound like, I, I feel great. I feel great. Yeah, yeah. I always feel better than I sound. Yeah. Yeah. But it, it, I'll kick it. Yeah. 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 And, and so what I do, actually, you guys can't, can't see behind the scenes, is I, I take this product, um, whenever I'm starting to get sick, called colloidal silver. I don't know if I have it here. I can't find it. Yeah, it's 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 in here somewhere. But I, I took it earlier, um, and it's it's um, something I learned from my little sister. Yeah, colloidal silver. And the second I start feeling a bit sick, I'll take this colloidal silver product, um, and uh, I, I won't get sick anymore. Yeah, like it just stops it. It's, a, it's the most amazing thing. I've been, I've been using it for for years. Um, I want to show it to you guys because I think it's helpful. Let, let me show you the product actually. And I'm not a doctor and all that crap, but let me show you. Hold on. So if I go here to, um, go to my orders here. All right. And we go to silver. Here it is here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So whenever I start feeling sick, um, I, I, nine times, I, I take this product here. Talk to your doctor first, whatever it is, right? Uh, but I, I'll put, um, I'll put it under my tongue for like 10 seconds. And it's never failed me. It's amazing. The only time I've gotten sick uh, in years uh, was after the second COVID shot. Yeah, which is normal. You're supposed to, apparently. Yeah. All right. Next up, we got uh, Jack Ham. How are you? Uh, uh, wrote, I, I just hope the metaverse is not a central entity, but decentralized and working together between all different platforms. I think it would be a travesty if, if Facebook is the go-to place. Yeah, 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 definitely, yeah. And, and I think by the time Metaverse becomes reality, Facebook will be broken up. I do, and you can't avoid Facebook. Like I, I, I despise, you know, what, what Facebook has done to the bifurcation of Western society. You know, in America, for example, Facebook, if you're a Republican, they'll give you more Republican-sponsored stories and, and, and videos and make you more Republican. If you're Democrat, it'll do the same thing, make you more Democrat. And all of a sudden you've got America at odds and other countries at odds too. Um, so I think Facebook will get broken up. Yeah, definitely, definitely, yeah, yeah. But the problem is with Facebook is, like I try to avoid it. Like I don't post anything personally. I haven't in a couple of years, I don't think. Um, Business-wise, my, my team does, I guess, every now and then. It, but Facebook ads are, it just makes a lot of sense, right? The return on investment's amazing. Um, you know, Google ads are too expensive now. and Facebook, oh, this is crazy. So 40% of people on this planet, they use at least one Facebook product every month. Of course, that includes WhatsApp yeah, and Insta as well. Yeah. All right. Um, Mina, Mina wrote, I love the gaming references. Uh, I got the files to start my thesis today uh, and a ton of uh, lore in order to design the game the professor wants me to develop. Oh, cool. I can't wait till I'm allowed to share it uh, with you, fam. Awesome, awesome. I'd I, I love to see it and yeah, I'd love to play it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very cool. And, and my game right now is, um, uh, I'm playing Age of Empires 4. Um, yeah, and God of War. I'm almost done God of War. Uh, the one from a couple of years ago. And the next God of War comes out next year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love games. Okay. Um, and then, uh, whoa, scare me. 
That's my alarm to tell me I've got to wrap up. Okay, so if there's more questions, I'm so sorry, I won't be able to get to them. Uh, please copy uh, your questions. You can ask me again next week. Uh, if you're in my MBA degree program, gold uh, or, or platinum, uh, join me at 1120 uh, for our office hours for MBA gold and platinum students only. Uh, God bless y'all. Have a great week. Don't forget to join me uh, on uh, my um, uh, uh, with the on the open house, uh, which is coming uh, next week. You can go to this website here uh, to learn more about. It. Let me go there with you real quick. Now wrap up this call. Yeah. All right. So if we go to Haroon Education Ventures or HaroonVentures.com/slash uh, early access, which you see at the bottom of the screen there, um, you can see here that you can sign up for my second uh, annual. Uh, Haroon uh, MBA Open House. Reserve your spot. It's going to be smaller than last year. You have to reserve this time. Okay. Uh, and I'm going to be giving away one gold and one platinum uh, MBA to people on the call. Again, it's going to be smaller than last year. So your chances of winning are a lot higher and also one one-on-one call I- as well. Um, so so check it out. Uh, and, and I'll end this call uh, with a, a video about the Open House and then my typical Steve Jobs uh, video, which I licensed from the Silicon Valley Historical Association. Um, If this was helpful, click like, uh, unless you're Richard, then click down. And I'll see you all next week. Um, Thank you and, and God bless you. Thank you. I'm so excited to announce that I'll be hosting my second ever Haroon Education MBA House this Wednesday, November 24th at 11 a.m. Pacific time. Now, if you've ever heard me talk about the MBA program, and wondered what it would be like to be one of my students, then I invite you to join me on Wednesday for this live event. Now, during the open house, I'll present a sample lesson based on what you will learn inside the program. And I'll be answering questions so you will experience exactly what it's like to be a student in the program. And everybody attending is going to receive a free gift just for showing up. So I can guarantee you, you're going to get some of my best stuff. In addition, I'll be giving away one scholarship for my gold MBA degree program and also one scholarship for the platinum MBA degree program. I'll also be drawing one lucky winner for a free one-on-one call with me so I can humbly help you with anything related to getting a job, starting a business, getting promoted, uh, making your LinkedIn profile from scratch, and much, much more. So please don't miss out on the Haroon Education MBA Open House on Wednesday, November 24th at 11 a.m. Pacific time. Trust me, you won't want to miss this awesome event, and I can't wait to see you there. Thank you. When you grow up, you tend to get told that the world is the way it is, and your your life is just to live your life inside the world, try not to bash into the walls too much, uh, uh, try to have a nice family life, uh, have fun, save a little money. Um, but life, that's a very limited life. Life can be much broader once you discover one simple fact, and that is everything around you that you call life was made up by people that were no smarter than you. And you can change it. You can influence it. You can, you can build your own things that other people can use. And the minute that you understand that you can poke life and actually something will, you know, if you push in, something will pop out the other side, that you can, you can change it, you can mold it, um, that's maybe the most important thing, is to shake off this, uh, th- this uh, erroneous notion that life is, is there and you're just going to live in it versus embrace it, change it, improve it, 
make your mark upon it. Um, I, I think that's very important. And however you learn that, once you learn it, uh, you'll want to change life and make it better because it's kind of messed up in a lot of ways. Um, once you learn that, you'll never be the same again. Well, that ends this week's podcast. I want to thank you very much for your time. If you want to download my latest book for free or get access to coupons on my courses or learn more about my MBA degree program and much more, please visit haroonventures.com. Again, that's haroonventures.com. Thanks again for listening in.